I have to be careful because, well, I was on earlier recording my new ad read, just updated talking points for Nutrafol. My, what I thought was my plug fell out and it's, it was like the plug with the metal part fell out of the, like the outside plastic casing that goes in the, the hole. Uh-huh. So I had to like, I like Jerry rigged it back together and stuck it up there. So, but you know how I'm always hitting it. So. Uh-huh. I don't want to hit it again. So I have to be careful. <laughs> so anyway. You're um, due for one one this episode, one knocking of the I know. And I don't want to the one that I always knock out is the white one, which is the one that goes to my headphones. But the other one, the actual one from the mic to my computer is the one that broke earlier. Oh, gotcha. So where do you go? Oh, there you are. So anyway, so Charlie, you're just like, how do you get him to stop puking? What do you do? What are you doing with it? The situation. Yeah. So the vet said that it is a virus. She said it was not, it's not uh, the canine flu. Um, She didn't test him for kennel cough. She just said it's a virus because he's only throwing up after he's coughing a lot. Mm. It's not like a, and I, it's not a GI thing. So she said that his lungs sound like, well, she didn't actually say anything about his lungs. She just said that it sounds like it could possibly turn into pneumonia Mm -hmm. because he's been coughing for like five days now, six days. I don't know. Whatever. So he has like doggy COVID that he got from daycare. (laughs) Probably. So they gave, she gave him antibiotics and then a probiotic to help support uh, what could happen from taking the antibiotics. She's like, I know he's throwing up, but the antibiotics could actually make him throw up worse or diarrhea. So here's the probiotic. And then nice. magically, I leave the vet's office, give him his first dose of antibiotic and probiotic, and then he just stops throwing up. And I think it's just coincidence. And I'm just like, come on, because they literally he just could, took it. Right, right. After you just dropped however much at the vet. Surprisingly, my vet is awesome. She does, like, I, I love this practice so much. They don't screw you over. They do everything they can to make sure that you're not being overcharged. So it was $120 for two okay, medicines and the visit. That's yeah. That's not bad. Yep. So not bad. But still, you know. <laughs> the emergency bet would have been like 500. Yeah. <laughs> something yeah. crazy. Yeah. For real. For real. Yeah. Um, but I told her I felt bad that I waited this long to bring him in. She's like, no, I mean, it's viral. He's eating, drinking. Like, it's, I see why you waited. So I yeah, that made me feel better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, dogs eat weird shit and throw up. I'm not going to exactly. bring him in at the front. You know? <laughs> right. Right. If he wasn't drinking water or something, then I definitely would have brought him in. Yeah. Oh, dehydration. For sure. For and, sure. Um, so there's notes in the Google drive, if you want to pull that oh, cool. up, um, it's, you know, it's not a ton, um, and you've seen enough that you can ask your intelligent questions about whatever, you know, and she's going to be telling her story. So we're right. having a conversation and I think it's great. I think it's hilarious that, that you have such feelings about the other healers. Cause I do think that that's a, well, cause I <sighs> even put in the notes, I'm like the other instructors, you know? Yeah. I, the thing is, I when I texted you that, I didn't, I hadn't gotten too, super far into the show. Mm. I ended up getting through like I think episode eight, um, the rounding down the the thing. But um, I do like a few of them. Like I really do like Cressy, the main one. I think her energy is good. She yeah. she means well. But like, and I have to look up. I'm gonna have to pull up like a pic, like pictures of all of the cast members to remember who's the skinny black guy. Uh, uh, Atezia or it's, I can't pronounce. So I was like, Ooh. yeah. Um, 
he seems a little crazy but i think his energy is good but the and then the other black lady she seemed pretty chill yeah but then i don't know i got weird vibes with the yoga guy got weird yeah vibes. oh god yeah for sure 100 <sighs> percent. the guy was so weird yeah i don't and, know um, and like i what yeah, happened obviously. at the end of the show like what what happened to these people i was just looking at that they up. all had their breakthroughs um you know mika maybe not as much but they tried to pretend she did or whatever oh god then... she was awful why did mm. well she first of all like i'm gonna talk about this later but shame on production for not telling these people exactly what well, they were getting maybe into. they did and yeah, she's we'll just because she's very full of shit that girl seems very full of shit but we'll see <sighs> we'll see what becca says about her <laughs> I know, they, right? shared, they shared a room like <laughs> Um, and and Mika taught her how to taught Becca how to twerk. I missed that. What up? Oh man, it was the, missed... one of the earlier episodes. Okay, it's like, see, and like episode, with... it's like Atasia is the black guy. Okay, his name. I see your notes between like Charlie and Kaya. Yeah, no, it's fine, but that's fine. And then my ADD was extremely out of control lately. Oh, there I'm she finally... is. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? yeah excellent it's so nice to meet you i know it's so great to meet you both i'm so excited we're doing this today oh i'm so I excited you've I been mean, on my tv now for like a day and a half straight oh so God. it's so great to see I know. you i'm so sorry <laughs> no Not a, don't be no. sorry i feel That's like i know do. you <laughs> i get that a lot from the show i had a job interview once where like apparently one of the people interviewing me like binged the show the night before which is like crazy commitment, right? And That's I didn't end up lot. getting the job, which is even funnier. But like, <laughs> she literally, like, when it finally came up, like maybe three quarters of the way into the interview, she was like, by the way, <laughs> I feel like I know you. Oh. I just, You're like, great. Oh, so you've seen me in my bathing suit. Great. Okay. <laughs> that was pretty much what it was. I was like, oh God. And then I didn't end up getting the job anyway, but I friended her on Facebook because she like earned it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, um, with all that, um, welcome to But We Digress with Cat and Lux. <laughs> Today we have with us, we are sitting down for a very interesting, very fun, very cool conversation with um, Dr. Um, Dr. Becca. Um, I want to make sure I pronounce your last name right. It's Ehrlich, right? Yeah. Wow. You okay. got it right. Yep. Okay. And well, I've been I'm practicing. actually technically the Reverend Doctor, but. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I didn't oh, know. Oh, that's okay. It's just because I learned. The Reverend Dr. Becca. Can I just call you Dr. Becca? You can just call me Becca. You don't have to call me doctor. My students call me Dr. Ehrlich, which is also like, I'm still getting used to that, even though I've been teaching for two years. But yeah. I love it. That is kind of, um, yeah. So. Uh, so in addition to being an ordained minister or pastor, is it, is there a difference? See, today I'm going to learn all kinds of things. Similar. People use them interchangeably. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, you are a, you were also a cast member on a TV show called Lo uh, Lost Resort, mm -hmm. which I put Lost Island in here at first. And I was <laughs> typing in Last Resort and I was like, wait a second, what am I even watching? Not Last Resort. Lost Resort. No, but, but I think and it's I thought, a play on that. Uh, <laughs> Get it? It is. Yes. Cause you it's know? our, yeah, we're lost lost and where it's our last resort yeah anyway. yeah so <laughs> it's a, it was a reality tv show that aired on tbs and is still available on demand or on the tbs app um i found it during covid so it aired like a year like during that i think of 2020 yeah. um and um i didn't it didn't get a lot of play unfortunately but i think it's a really i've really enjoyed this show 
Um, and it's a show called um, about nine strangers at their breaking point points. They are followed um, as they go to an exotic wellness retreat where they embark on a voyage of self-discovery against a tropical backdrop. That is and in case TBS. you're wondering, they're not being pampered with massages and patties no. <laughs> and manis. Oh, my poor roommate thought that was the case, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, <laughs> we were actually just talking about her. Um, we Mika? Mika. Miko, right? yes. Miko, yeah. Okay. I can't always trust my notes um, on how I write things. So I wrote Miko, but I couldn't remember if I was doing that right. Um, so anyway, um, let's talk about what that show is, like how you came to be on it and to be in Costa Rica. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I honestly don't remember where I saw like the stuff around the show. I remember, I think it was on social media somewhere that would make sense, right? But I was just like, kind of at a bad point in my life where I was just like angry at everything. <laughs> I was just like doom scrolling before that was like a thing during COVID, right? That was, this was 2019, summer of 2019. Um, and I think I was just playing around on social media and I saw this, like, I don't know, if, I wouldn't say an ad, I would say like a meme for like, Hey, do you want to go on all expenses, like retreat where like you, maybe you're at a crossroads or, um, you have something you want to find closure with or like all those things. And basically like most of the stuff they listed, I, I was like, yes, 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 yes. And I was like, also free retreat. Like, absolutely. Cause I love retreats. I think they're great. And so I was like, sure, why not? And, and I was like, wait, I hope the form isn't too long. So I clicked on it and the form was super short. It was literally just your contact info and like, why would you be interested? And mm. I was like, I can do this in like five minutes. <laughs> so, so I you didn't want to have minutes. to fill out like a, a huge long like essay questions about why you want to like meet yeah. the love of your life completely blind or something. Yeah, right? like apparently a lot of I didn't know this, but a lot of other reality shows like their their forms are really long, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but this one was not. And I was like, okay. So I filled it out for five minutes and forgot about it. Completely forgot about it. And like a day and a half later, I got a phone call from a casting director. <laughs> like, and I was like, wait, what? Like, I com- I didn't even know what he was talking about at first because I had completely forgotten. And he was like, hey, we're really interested. Um, and it was literally only two minutes long. And he was like, okay, we're going to set up a video interview with one of the producers. And I was like, oh. And so my husband was actually on a business trip that week. <laughs> so he had no idea I'd done this. So I was like, okay. <laughs> Like I'm just kidding, by the way, I'm (laughs) right. Right. So I was just like, well, there's no need to tell him yet. Like I'm going to do the video thing. And like, I don't look like I should be on TV. Like there's no way this is going to (laughs) happen. So I was like, okay, I'll just do the like video and they'll just be like, thanks, but no thanks. And then it'll all be done. And we can like laugh about it when he gets home. So I do the video interview, which was like maybe about a half hour and at the end of it, the producer was like, okay, so we need, um, 30 videos or pictures because we're going to intersperse them with like this pitch thing we're going to do with like the network execs and the executive producers. And I was like, what, what, what? Because <laughs> like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know how casting works in reality TV. This has like never been something I've ever considered. <laughs> so it's just like, and I was like, what, 30 what? Like, I don't have videos of myself. Like, I just didn't take videos of myself. And like, I wasn't a huge social media person. I had pictures, but I wasn't like, you know, like there are people that have like very beautiful, well done photographed pictures. And like, mm-hmm. that's, I just don't. Um, and so then I was like scrambling to try to find all this stuff. And like, meanwhile, I'm like, oh my God, what is my husband? 
I was like, Will is going to be like, what did you do? <laughs> Honey, I'm going to go air all our dirty laundry on, on TV in Costa Rica. Bye. <laughs> yeah, so like after, after the video interview and I found all the things and sent them all the things, I called my husband when he was done with work that day um, and he was in Oklahoma and I was like, so I did a thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what did you do? <laughs> and I told him, and at first he was really not into it. Like he wasn't against it, but he was just like, I don't know about this. Like, this is, I don't know. Um, but as I kept going through the process and right, like, I don't think people realize how in depth the process is for casting for shows. Like, I think people just like roll out of bed and like show up on TV. But in reality, there's like psych evaluations and like like really in-depth background checks and like I don't think TLC does that yeah you did <laughs> well you didn't do it TBS, when you were on. TBS did it but yeah, I don't know I don't know if this is standard for all but we had those and then we had like the health stuff where we had we couldn't go to our normal doctor I had to go to like an urgent care that I'd never been to before and like do all these like exams to make sure I was like healthy enough to go and like clearly I have chronic illness but they want to make sure I wasn't gonna like you know drop dead mm-hmm. on the show which is seen uh, um, it was like a whole to do and I, they just kept moving me on to the next step and I kept being like this clearly isn't going to happen right like this, <laughs> this is not and like meanwhile I'd interview I was interviewing for jobs at that point um, and so like I finally got a job and like I had to be like hey can we push back our start date because <laughs> OPS I'm going on TV <laughs> And they were actually really supportive about it. Like they were like, I think that's really cool. Um, awesome. And, and oh, that's we, good. Cause you know, yeah. line of work, you don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. Well, I was, and what's even crazier is I was working for a Bishop's office. <laughs> and so I thought for sure the Bishop was just going to be like, you can't do that. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but he was all like, he was an uh theater person previously before he, okay. he was a second career person that went into ministry later in life. And so he was like, I'm not going to tell you no, like, go for it. We'll deal with it <laughs> later. And I was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> So that was surprising. And then like, while we were going through all of that, my husband and I kept talking about it. His name's Will. Um, Will and I kept talking about it and we were kind of like, you know, like there's actually some really good reasons to go. Like Mm -hmm. not only for you to work on your stuff. So like we can finally like pursue adoption, but Mm -hmm. also, um, you know, like progressive youngish female pastors with nose piercings don't exist in mainstream media. (laughs) (laughs) this is not a thing um who who is normal sized right and doesn't look like tv ready (laughs) right 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 right. shows and like people look not like me yeah Um, you're a normal you're a normal you know looking person you're you're beautiful you're normal you're funny you're happy that's normal you know you're not (laughs) you know what i mean yeah yeah totally Mm -hmm. and so like we were like you know this might actually be really good, like to be that voice for that um, and kind of combat some of those, you know, assumptions people have around Christianity and religion and pastors and all of that. Um, And, you know, and we were just like, also free retreat. So cool. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So um, he kind of warmed up to it as we kept going through the process. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how that all went down. It's kind of crazy to think about now. Um, I still can't believe I applied and like ended up on the show. They told us later, like it was a new show. So it obviously didn't get the same numbers for applicants as like established right. shows do, but they said about 5,000 people applied. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which, which is a lot for like a new show that no one knows anything about. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. So. For sure. Um, so you got to go to, uh, you, there was a lot in your introduction that we're going to break down and talk about <laughs> a lot of it because, um, you know, m- the reason you went on, on this retreat to do this, you know, you mentioned right. so that you can mo- look forward and, and move forward to, to being able to adopt. Um, I really want to go into detail, you know, as much detail, obviously, as you're comfortable with. But um, before we get to the snarky stuff, (laughs) let's let's get into um, Gideon. Yes. Yes. Thank you for remembering his name. Of course. Yeah. Um, So uh, when we were filming, it had been five years. Um, Now it's been longer, but uh, it'd been five years since um, I got pregnant um, and, uh, carried to term, um, everything seemed okay. And then I passed the due date, which happens a lot for moms, which for some reason people don't talk about a lot. Um, and so basically they were, they were like, if you hit a week after the due date and you haven't, you know, naturally gone into labor, we'll have to induce you. And I'd heard horror stories from friends about getting induced and it hurts more and all that good stuff. So, um, we were, they were like, you know, all the stuff, like walk around, eat spicy food, like all that stuff. So we did all that stuff. And I, my water broke, I started labor. Um, but as, as I started the early stages of labor, the heart rate of my son kept dropping and coming back and dropping and coming back. And they started to kind of freak out about that. So they were like rolling me over and trying to find the heartbeat on different parts of me. Like I was in like weird positions, like over here and over here and over here. And then they were like, well, let's try a different monitor. So they grabbed another monitor and it was still doing it. And so then they were like, okay, we got to go into an emergency C-section because we, we can't let his heart rate keep dropping. Um, and so, and it, they, they, there was not enough time to like do it where it was like locally done. So they had knocked me out completely. Like mm. they were just like, and go. Um, and so I woke up, I was in the recovery room and my parents had come down for the birth. Uh, like they basically jumped into a car and went as soon as they found out that they were doing this. And the first person I saw was my mom. And I said, is the baby okay? And she went, and that was like the first, now you think that's traumatic. You should have been my husband who was watching the whole thing. Oh my God. When they cut me open and pulled out our son who never took a breath and were like doing the like clear, you know, Mm. trying to get him to breathe. Um, I think he got the raw end of the deal there because he watched all of that. Like that must've been way more traumatic. Um, so yeah, so that's what went down, um, perfectly healthy pregnancy before that, um, no, no indication that anything was going to happen. Um, and my, um, the doctor actually that I'd been working with during the pregnancy, like came in and was literally like, this is like a one in 15,000 thing. Like I've never seen anything like this. And and he, he had been practicing for like 40 years. He was like, I've never seen anything happen like this. Mm. Um, turns out it's probably related to my chronic illness, um, because apparently my chronic illness has a higher risk of stillbirth and miscarriage and all of that. But we didn't know that at the time. Um, cause we didn't know I had that. Right. Um, um I'm so sorry for, for your loss. Thank you. Um, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't put myself into that position because I, I, I don't know what it's like. So I can't say, Oh, I know what it must be awful. It must be awful. Love and light. Thank you. All of those things, you know. Um, yeah, I have a very close friend, same story. Emergency C-section, knocked out, woke up, no baby. And no baby. I, I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> like she's crying. I, I can very, no. very easily, but 
um i just yeah. my heart goes out too because that's a lot thank you it's really you. yeah i mean they were really sweet about it like they brought they brought gideon for us to see before um you know they did all the normal procedures after that mm-hmm. Um, and at first I was like, I don't want to. And they were like, you, you're going to regret that if you don't do that. And I, I'm glad people like said that to me because I think I would have regretted it. Um, but it's also like really hard to just be like, here's your baby who's not breathing. Like it was just Mm -hmm. really rough. Um, but we took pictures and yeah. So anyway, so that's what happened. And then the recovery of a C-section too, it's gotta be. I mean, right. I, we, well, we all had C-sections. Yeah, so, yeah, so you we know. The it was awful. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, on top of it, like, you can't even stand up, right? <laughs> like, right, 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 right. And you're just like, okay, well, I'm glad I went through, like, a major abdominal surgery for not having a baby, you know? Which, which actually is you know that you point that out that's we're going to get into that because there's <laughs> very some very specific triggering stuff that happens that I I really do want to talk about and bring some awareness to yes that um, is a plot point <laughs> that is a plot point we're going to get to um so you said five years after um Gideon um was born and passed you still had hadn't worked through the grief uh, yeah and and then you you called that earlier you sort of your stuff work through your stuff right um can you say yeah, tell well, us a little bit about where you were at when you went to Costa Rica so like where you were before you got there yeah so I think I'd worked through that initial grief grief of the loss like five years is a decent amount of time to kind of work through the fact that like I had a child that I carried for nine months and then now I don't have him here um but it was more about like the residual I I can't probably pursue biological children now because like three months after he was born and died um I got really sick and we went through years of trying to get a diagnosis and then we finally did and it was mast cell activation syndrome which most even doctors don't know it exists but I had to google it yeah right and and as somebody with a a chronic illness I have MS uh, um, I'm sort of in and MS I in my MS at least is not Um, doesn't have the same kind of debilitating sort of things that mast cell disease has. Um, but if maybe you want to share a little bit about what that means to educate yeah. our audience a little bit. Sure. So uh, mast cell activation syndrome is under the umbrella of mast cell disease and like mast, like the mast on a ship, basically. <laughs> like I always explain that because then people think it's mast, like M-A-S-S and it's M-A-S-T. Um, and it's basically mast cells make up part of your immune system. And so it just means that my immune system is overreactive regularly. Um, and sometimes it's triggers that I know and can try to avoid. And sometimes it's triggers that just show up randomly that I didn't know about. Um, and so it, the problem with mast cell activation syndrome is that it manifests itself differently in different people because it affects all of the different body systems, right? So like for me, it's a lot of GI symptoms, um, some neurological things, that sort of stuff. But, um, some of my friends that have mast cell disease, um, it's more like rashes and that sort of thing. It just, that's what I was reading about. Like there's some kind of like, um, allergic type response. Yeah. So it's basically, yeah, I didn't know it's fine. So it's basically like it kind of manifests itself as allergic responses, but it's a deeper issue because it's your immune system Mm -hmm. freaking out basically. Um, So, and it's really hard to diagnose because there's not a lot out there about testing and a lot of doctors don't even know it exists. So there's a lots of people that are probably dealing with it and don't even know they have it. Um, There's a, under the umbrella of mast cell disease, there's something much 
much more serious called mastocytosis. And ironically, like doctors tend to know about that one more, even though it's rarer. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Because because it's more serious because it ends up um, manifesting into cancers and things like that. Like it it tends to be more deadly. Whereas mine's not deadly, just really annoying and awful. you know, it's, it's, you said it's something that can be passed on and you said on the show, um, and I learned through my own other research and stuff that, you know, that you can pass this on and, yes. uh, and it could get worse as it gets passed on, it like gains strength, like a hurricane. I don't know. Yeah, um, it does. then, and, and you guys made the decision that you were not going to have another, you're not going to attempt to have another biological child because of the risk of passing it on. Um, yes. Do you want to explain a little bit, um, like, so you guys had made that decision now, like where you're at with it, with everything. Yeah. At the time so you are going, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. yeah. I mean, so, I know where you are now with it, obviously. <laughs> but it's right. Like, yeah. So, um, I mean, that was really hard, a hard pill for me to swallow. Like we had always talked about doing adoption at one point, but I think I always pictured having a biological child as well. Um, and I don't think I'd ever really thought about that until that was something that was not going to happen. <laughs> you know, it's like nothing like a traumatic event for you to be like, oh, shoot, <laughs> this is a lot not of what trauma. I pictured. It sounds yeah. like, I mean, a lot of trauma for, for both you and Will um, yeah. surrounding yeah. this event, you know, PTSD type stuff and, and just it's trauma, which yep. infects every part of you. You know, Lexi is a... Um, you know, natural medicine, medicine woman, not like the kind you saw in Costa Rica. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She can explain it better, but you know, (laughs) the effect of the trauma within your cells and all that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Manifesting. And stress is a huge trigger for people with mast cell disease, as you can imagine, because your immune system freaks out when you're stressed. So it's 10 times worse for people who have immune diseases where your immune systems are reacting. So yeah. And as you said, it's, um, it's, they're pretty sure it's genetic. There's um, the research is still pretty preliminary on it, but um, the research that they found is it gets passed on. And then in addition to that, like it gets worse as it gets passed on. And then in addition to that, like um, stillbirth and death for both the mom and the child uh, is raised for people who, again, the research is still pretty preliminary, but that's what has come up for people with mast cell activation syndrome. So um, lots of risk involved. We had no idea. Um, and then it triggered it and made it worse after all that trauma. Surprise. Yeah. And so now that's does, when we found out. Um, does your mom have it or anyone in your family? Huh, so that's <laughs> a great question. Um, uh, my dad has a history of autoimmune disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I had to guess, he's it's probably his line um, because they have they have more chronic illness happening on that side, although it could be my mom. I don't know. But, um, but my guess is it's, it's in that line, but it's not as severe as it is for me. Cause you know, as it passed on, it gets more severe. So, um, it's not, it's, it's not as bad as mine. So it's not debilitating for either of them. Not that it's debilitating for me. I'm pretty meted up, <laughs> but, but, you yeah. know, I still don't, I still have good day, good health days and bad health days, because that's what it's like to live with a chronic illness. 
as as somebody with MS, I uh, 100% agree with that. <laughs> Good days and bad days with all of the things. Yep. Um, that's why I, I spend so much time in the gym these days <laughs> mm. <laughs> to, to help my physical health and my mental health, which are both the big triggers with stress and things like that. If I can keep those things healthy and with me, the mental and the physical are very connected. So, yep. you know keep it all together. So I, so I can try to fend off as much of it as possible. That's great. Um, so anyway, um, so, okay. So you're at the point now and then, um, where you decide that, you know, you, you do want more children. You do mm -hmm. want children, right? Um, you want, you want living children, you want to be parents, but you're not going to do it biologically, but you're not at a point emotionally where you can, start the process for um, an adoption right. or anything else, any other process that you may choose. Um, so that's the point where you're at when you're going to Costa Rica. Yes. Now, did you have the the right expectations of what to expect when you, what did they tell you you were going to get into? <laughs> this was the biggest question for me because I was like, if these producers set them up with no idea what they were getting into. I need to ask me this. Part <laughs> of the reason we asked this question is because one of the first things that, that Lexi was saying as we got on was, you know, was something about uh, Miko not wanting, you know, not knowing that she wasn't going to get massages and stuff. Cause this is anything but getting pampered and massages. So we <laughs> want to know what you were told. <laughs> so, okay. So this is, this is the weirdest thing because, um, it's they switched um what channel it was going to be on so it originally was going to be on TNT and so what everyone was told was that it was going to be a docu-series about alternative wellness and so I had in my head and like it was ish <laughs> I was gonna I mean, say like, it was adjacent <laughs> yeah you know. kind of but like I think that was the original plan and then it they decided to switch it to TBS I think for the younger viewership um and so that's when I think the concept shifted a bit and it became like this weird mix of like alternative healing meets reality tv meets like people yelling at each other in the living room drama. Like, I don't, right like, yeah because so, drama amongst the cast drama right. amongst the healers drama right. between you know there's romance possibilities and of course they bring in this sex fairy you know right. um which we're gonna get into <laughs> yeah and so like I think so what I was told at the beginning I don't think anyone I don't think it was not true like I think what happened was it the the image of the show since it was new got shifted mm -hmm. and so I went in being like okay it's a docu-series and <laughs> you're gonna laugh at this I did research and I found out the same casting firm like as I was going through the casting process and I was farther and farther into it um I saw the same casting firm put out like we're looking for healers and they were like Reiki yoga like all this stuff and so I had a general idea of what they were looking for because I'm like clearly this is for the same show <laughs> like, <laughs> they can't also be making another show about alternative wellness at the same time like that's crazy <laughs> um so I kind of had a general idea of what they were looking for and what we might be doing now obviously there were a lot of surprises around that because there was stuff that we did that wasn't on that list and then there was stuff on the list that we didn't do um but I at least had a bit of an idea um whereas like Miko had no clue at all she legitimately thought like this was a retreat where we were going to be like hanging out and like getting pampered 
and then was really well, yeah, upset. When I hear and like alternative like, healing, I'm thinking like maybe an acupuncturist, a chiropractor, right. Right. I don't know, a massage therapist. I can see where that maybe where some craniosacral like scalp massage. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. And what's funny is like they they originally like asked for I think like someone who does kundalini yoga and mm-hmm. I had no idea what that was and so then I like went down this rabbit hole one day of like researching <laughs> that and I was like huh that's interesting and then I like tried the fire breathing thing and it was actually pretty cool and I was like okay this is not going to be terrible like I can do these kinds of things you know so and then they didn't of course have anybody do that <laughs> so I was like I'm so no, glad they I didn't have that. kundalini but they did have a large variety of things and one of the things you know we before we get back to some of the other guests and um and healers. Um, one of the things that I loved about you specifically was how willing you were to just try everything. And as, as a Christian minister Mm -hmm. specifically, right? Like, um, I'm fortunate to have, uh, several female ministers in my life, um, Mm -hmm. that are similar to you. And, uh, you know, that's, that's no accident, no coincidence. Right. Um, and, and so I I've gotten to you know, be able to see some of that and some of the alternative things that they, you know, look at and stuff and and sort of bucking that traditional notion of old white man um, in the sky type of thing. Um, I think you being open to participating in all of these, as some would say, whacked out, woo woo, crazy, you know, depending on where you fall on the spectrum of, you know, alternative stuff, which Lexi and I, you know, both kind of swim in that water regularly where it's, you know, she practices it, you know, well, we, we practice complementary medicine with acupuncture, but <laughs> complementary <laughs> alternative medicine is what yeah, the we National do... MS Society calls it. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. We'll be right back. And now back to the show. Yeah, uh, we don't like to use the word alternative anymore just because we're so integrative now in Western medicine. But I will say that um, I think that I think it's awesome, like you just said, that you're open to all those different things and um, the, just the new experiences because you probably are going to meet people in your life. And as a as a minister, whether it be like coaching, working with that have maybe done some of these experiences or it did work for them. And it's not like it's evil. Well, not all of them, but or, or bad. <laughs> I should say all of them, but um, you never know how someone's going to have a breakthrough. Yeah. And I like, just, that was, well, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to. No, I was just thinking I was going to go into the whole, like, I don't agree with some of the things they did, but I, we'll get to and that. We can but, uh, get into to some of that. Uh, and and b- briefly before I hand it all back to you, Becca, is you also write a blog. You're also a published author, which we're going to talk about when we get to that. Um, but um, you have a blog as well. And I was in reading through that, like you had gone on a spiritual uh, or I'm sorry, a silent retreat in, mm-hmm. with monks. And you, so so this is not um, an un- uncommon thing for you to explore these other ways of looking at things. And as one of your reasons for doing the show was to sort of break the stigma about, you know, maybe pastors or ministers. Talk to me some about that. Yes. That whole yeah. Thing. That That's so much. And I love it. Um, yeah. So I always, I like anything that's going to challenge me spiritually. I teach, uh, Christian spirituality. Like that's the, one of my side hustles. <laughs> 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 I teach at a seminary. Um, so, you know, people who are learning to be ministry leaders, um, I teach Christian spirituality courses too. Um, and so I always like a, uh, 
exploring new things around spirituality and be like pushing myself and challenging myself spiritually. So um, going on this retreat was not that weird. And then in my circles, like going on a retreat period, isn't that weird. So like we couldn't tell people we were going to film. So I would be like, I'm going on a retreat. And everyone was like, okay. Okay. Like it was not like no, no questions asked because everyone like that's a thing in my circles is that like people go on retreats. Um, and so one of the things I really appreciated going on, um, I knew I made the right decision when, um, Miko and I met each other for the first time and they didn't air this, but, um, after we did the initial introductions, we asked each other, you know, like, what do we do for a living basically? Mm -hmm. Um, and I said, I'm a pastor. And she said, so you hate gay people? And I was oh, like, wow. no, no, <laughs> no, I don't. I love all people. And like, she, you could tell that it was just like a moment of like, oh, like, this is not what I think of when I think of a pastor. Right. Um, but that's the point. Right. And so like in that moment, I was like, it, within five minutes, right, of starting the retreat, I was like, okay, this was the right decision. And then at one point, um, they didn't air this part. The, there were parts where they pulled cards from like a divination deck. Um, mm. And they had us do that um, at the beginning of one of the ceremonies. And, you know, they paired us up and we were like talking about what we, why we think we picked that card kind of thing. Um, and I got paired with a cast member who shall remain nameless. <laughs> and that cast member was like, do you think like they were trying to bait me a little bit? They were like, well, you think this is the devil. Claudia. <clears throat> I'm scared. It actually wasn't her. <laughs> Robin. <laughs> Tell me how awful Robin really was in real life and Christine. Oh, I can't wait to get all snarky. Uh, we'll talk about the cast. We'll talk about the cast, I promise. Um, and they were like, you think this is the devil and like, this is evil and like all this stuff. And I was like, no, like, this is just a different faith tradition. Like, this is just as valid as mine, <laughs> my faith tradition. Like, I don't. It's that just is not- really refreshing to hear that because yes. I hear a lot of um, that's evil you know, right. and, and Christian, you know, self-proclaimed Christians wanting to stay right. away from these other things. And, uh, you know, I think being able to explore all those different kinds of spirituality and you, you different, I, I, what did you call it? A different faith? Tradition. Yeah. Tradition. Faith okay. Tradition. Okay. Yeah. I like that because like, you know, I ha- have a higher power. My higher power mm-hmm. is very spiritual, but not at all religious, you know, right. and my higher power speaks to me through other people brings Mm -hmm. people into my life. I hear, you know, when I go to my AA meetings, I hear what I need to hear Mm -hmm. through other people, you know, things like that. Um, and, and so seeing somebody who is, you know, you're a Christian pastor, a Christian minister, um, being able to just break those, those stigmas and a female at that, because we don't get to see representation as much. That's true. (laughs) I mean, I, I grew up Russian Orthodox. And Mm -hmm. so you're talking very, very strict Christian Russian Orthodox and the males had the, the significant presence in the church. Yep. And although I don't follow that religion where I respect it and I love everything I've learned from it. And I do believe in God and I do, I'm kind of like you, Katrina, I have my own, like, I pull a little bit of this and I pull a little bit mm-hmm. of that, but ultimately I believe in God and a higher power. But, um, you know, it's great to hear that you're open to, you know, whether it be people being gay or just like, you know, people being who they are loving. I think yep. the, the end of the day, like all religions and beliefs are just to love another, like one another, right. It's yep. to care yep. and like, treat others with respect and love one another. That's, I think, the foundation of all 
religions. So I don't know. I'm not, totally. I'm not a minister though. So <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> like be good, do good things. Be good yeah. Well, and, and what's interesting too, like we didn't talk about this, but I come from an interfaith family. So my dad is Jewish and my mom is Roman Catholic and I'm like Protestant. I'm Lutheran. So, you know, like just hanging out with my family is an interfaith affair. <laughs> so, and like my job right now, like I have a new job where um, I'm a campus minister at a university. And so which my is office, amazing, which yeah, is amazing. so much fun, by the way, like college students are the best. Um, <laughs> but what's super fascinating is like my office is in the interfaith center, right? So my office is next to the rabbi and across from the Catholic laywoman who's the chaplain for the Catholic students. And then catacorner from the imam's office and then the Buddhist one has an office elsewhere. Um, but like, we're all in the same space all the time um, and working together and like doing events together and things like that. And so like, like interfaith stuff is kind of my jam. That's <laughs> so, awesome. So it's that's not awesome. weird for me to like go on a retreat that's not Christian yeah. and like try new things, you know? Cause I think there's a lot of similar streams in the traditions, but then also on top of that, like you never know what God's going to use. And yeah. like, who am I to say what God's going to use or not? Um, and with that said, there were, well, we can talk about this, but there was one ceremony that like, I was not jamming with, <laughs> that a lot of people didn't jam with, um, that I, they didn't air this. I explained this during the integration circle after it, but like, um, I modified it for myself um, to fit more of what my spirituality was. Um, and then it worked really well. Okay. That's interesting. Well, we'll, but talk about that. Yeah, okay. Let, let's, since you're there, let's, <laughs> like, let's go there. What is the yeah. ceremony? Yeah. So we did this ancestral fire ceremony. Is that the <laughs> Which, drumming one that they yeah. were doing? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, what was really fascinating is like, I ended up modifying it because like ancestral work is very shamanic. Um, and like, I know that's very core for that type of faith tradition, but for me, um, it wasn't really working for me. Like I kind of, I started it for a little bit and I was just like, this is, I still want to get something out of this, even if this isn't working for me. So then I kind of was like, well, you know, like it's a fire ceremony. We're near a fire. Like for me as a Christian, um, one of the major symbols for the Holy spirit is fire. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm just going to like pray to the Holy spirit while I'm here with fire. Um, and then it kind of shifted for me and I was like, okay, I can get into this now that it's like something that works for me. Um, but what was interesting was like Thea, who's also a Christian, but from a different stream of Christianity, um, I think gave, gave a more traditional, uh, response to that kind of experience where she was feeling really uncomfortable because it was like dealing with ancestors and spirits and, um, things that we don't know about and all that stuff. And so, and um, don't want to delve into and things like right, that. Right. And so I think she gave the more, um, traditional, if you will, Christian response to that sort of experience, but which I might've given had I not modified it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what would have happened had I not modified it, but I don't think it would have been quite the same. Um, but it was clear that like that she really wasn't jamming with that. Um, mm -hmm. And we had talked about it afterwards. I didn't air it, but like she and Christine and I had a full conversation about like, what does it mean to be, uh, because, uh, Christine's Catholic. Um, and so we had like a full conversation about like, what does it look like to be like a Jesus follower and do these, do these ceremonies that are not Christian? Mm -hmm. Um, and how do you decide, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? Do I want to modify this? Do I want to do it as is that sort of thing? 
Were there other ones that you modified? I know there was one that you sat out because it the said vomiting, on the screen, yeah. the vomiting <laughs> yeah. one, no, because of medical I can't, reasons. <laughs> yeah, I can't vomit up all my meds. That would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't do that one. I was there praying for people, but yeah, I didn't do that one. Um, and actually, I wasn't going to do um, the sweat lodge because um, one of the triggers for my chronic illness is extreme temperatures. Oh, and yeah. So, and, yeah. yeah, which is pretty standard for... Um, Disorders, autoimmune disorders. So um, I had planned on not doing it at all. And they'd actually assigned Aqua to sit out with me, which is a whole other conversation. Um, And when, but we got there and um, Christian, the medicine man um, basically said, Hey, we know that there's someone here who's not able to do like the full experience. So we're actually going to do the first round and make it not very hot so that they can participate. And I was, and no one had like told me that. And I was like, oh, well, of course I'm doing the first round. Like, why wouldn't I do that? And so, um, and they were really sweet. Like they had me sit, like I was the first one in cause you had to like walk all the way around for the ritual. And um, they had me by the door cause they always, they explained that the door was less hot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did the first round was completely fine. Um, and people don't realize like for sweat lodges, there's usually like, uh, time periods that you do where then it gets yeah, progressively hotter. Yeah. So it was, at, I think it was 20 minute intervals if I remember. And so it was like 20 minutes and then they would open the door, bring more, like let anyone out who wanted to go and then bring in more stones to make it hotter. And then each progressively. So it was four rounds. Um, so I made it two rounds. Yeah. I was planning on just doing the first round and then they like, you know, did the thing where they open the door, um, you know, a couple camera people came in, check on us. <laughs> and then, and then um, these cameramen weren't going to stay in there though. Like, no, hell no. <laughs> there was no space for that. I mean, it was so tiny. Um, they had like GoPros on the ground that they oh, had okay. like pointed. Yeah. It was really fascinating actually um, from a production standpoint. Cause we were all like, how are they filming us in here? And then we walk in there, we're like, Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, the camera crew would like come in in the between like film us a little bit and be like, Hey, is everyone okay? Check in on us. Um, and, uh, and they were all like, Becca, are you okay? Cause I had already told them I wasn't going to do it at all. And like, here I was. And I was like, so I'm going to do one more. Yeah. Check yeah. on you, make sure everything was going. Okay. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm going to do a second round. I'm doing okay. And they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> so I did the second round. Um, by the end of the second round, I was starting to have some neurological symptoms. So like, I knew it was time to peace out. Um, but I'm glad I did at least two of the four rounds. Um, they of course edited it to show to make it seem like I, uh, I was there the whole time because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was just easier narratively when you have a condensed time period. Um, so people were like, oh my God, you did the full thing. I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> it just looked like I did. Greg and I came out early. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the sweat lodge was one, one ritual. We talked about the fire ancestral. Um, we touched briefly on the vomitorium <laughs> one, which made me instantly think of um, hunger games. Oh God. Yes. Where they puke at the Capitol and, you know, they do so they can eat more food. Yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) Exactly. Um, And so, you know, this whole, this whole retreat was what, three weeks long. And they took you to through all of these various other, other rituals too, um, all designed in some way, shape or form to help you break through your, whatever particular issue you're, you're dealing with. Right. Um, 
<laughs> one of those was um can can we talk about the the aqua sure we can um, talk about specific that. wait before you even ask about that can i what yeah, are the yeah. experiences of these healers like what are are they are any of them actually like educated and or licensed in some sort of yes, yes. Okay. okay i'm really That's, glad you asked that. Yeah, because so... i want to put that out there first before we even get into the other stuff because i'm like some of this is like borderlining uh yeah. So out of scope. <laughs> so I will say um Atasie, Onika, and Benjamin, I know for sure hold hold all these like specific licensures around yoga or Reiki or um massage or um Benjamin actually has a lot of stuff around um Ayurvedic eating and things okay. like that. I've um, I, I that. researched that when I was in my um wanting to go on a retreat phase mm. in January, which is actually, honestly, I wanted to find somewhere similar to what you did. I, I yeah, had yeah. that in my mind. When, Minus the like, cameras, I can't I go hope. to Costa Rica. <laughs> we can uh, take ayahuasca. In the, we can go to ayahuasca in uh, what, Brazil? Where do you oh do my that? God. I don't even know. <laughs> Kidding. I, yeah. I don't want to do that. Well, but. what's funny was like, that was actually on the original list I found out, but like it couldn't get cleared through legal in time, apparently. I would have not done that, not because I'm like no. opposed to it, but just because like there's a lot of purging that goes on. Um, so it would be the same reason I didn't do the vomitivo right. ceremony, right? right? Um, I would be there to like give light to people, but yeah, can't can't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, that was one of the things they wanted to do with us, and then they couldn't. So we did a kava ceremony, which wasn't aired. Um, but like I drink kava tea regularly to help calm my system when I'm in a flare. So I was like, we can do this, you know. Um, so it was funny because they're like, oh, we're gonna do a kava ceremony. I'm like, kava, and everyone was like, why is she freaking out? <laughs> You're like, I knew kava. I'm like, it was just like one of those moments. And so, of course, it was obviously much stronger than I usually take. So, um, but it was, I don't think it was as visually stimulating <laughs> as some of the other ceremonies. So I think that's why I didn't make the cut, probably. Anyway, that's it. Yeah. We digress, right? <laughs> there you go. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> It's funny too, because I actually, for my acupuncture um, school, I had to go on a retreat. We do mm. this like kind of before we enter our clinic phase where we see patients, we go on this retreat together. And oh, cool. some of the things that I saw you all do, we kind of did not the throwing up, not the ancestral fire dance, but we did actually burn a fire and write things that we wanted to let go of and throw it in the fire and things like that. Cool. That was actually very therapeutic, totally. um, but like sitting in the circle and just kind of unleashing some emotions and things like that we're all a part of it so the treat, retreat was really helpful so when I'm watching this I was like okay I can kind of relate to some of these things like I get I get what they're doing totally. but of course you're only there for three weeks I've had four years of like I want to call it therapy because while we're learning we're also like learning mm -hmm. how to talk to people and learning how to do everything but um I'm like they like throw them in there for three weeks and they make them do all of these different things and it's a lot at once i don't it know is a lot. yeah it's a i lot. mean before you can even process your next emotion you're just like thrown into another Going to the next thing right i'm like oh my <laughs> totally. god yeah it was a lot for sure um i think chrissy also has some licensures um mm -hmm. like i know she's done some training in psychology and she's done um some training like she has a very specific um i don't know what to call it like not systems i really liked her but... by the way yeah like her she has a training where she actually helps people work through trauma. Like what she has a system that like she's been trained in. I don't know okay. what it's called, but like um, what you saw her do, like that's a specific way of dealing with trauma in like a shamanic background. Cause her presence, I don't know. And watching it, 
I just got a good vibe from her. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just yeah. felt like she seemed like a very genuine person, but it's reality TV and I'm seeing edited footage of five seconds and I was on a reality TV show. So I get it. Like things that are <laughs> edited and just, yeah, you know how it goes. Right, um, right. She was great. I mean, like on the retreat, she was wonderful. Um, okay. I had, I had no complaints about Chrissy on the retreat. Oh, good. Um, I, I know other cast members may feel otherwise, but for me, I didn't, I didn't have any issue. <laughs> <laughs> of course Katrina broke her mic she said she wasn't going to do this today but she did it it's earlier okay. before we came on oh it happens yep and once once a uh once a recording she'll like pull the plug out accidentally it happens one time this one every though. single time we record yeah but it's the other one this one broke <laughs> kind of funny like Can you it was guys like hear four... me yeah, yeah. actually the microphone good. yeah Yay. okay yeah okay. no it sounds so. good so I have a mic, but I don't have headphones because I got a my husband's mic from downstairs and it's plugged direct. It's a anyway. So you have like a talk show host. You're yeah. holding it. Hello. Okay, so <laughs> back on it. Does anybody um, remember where we left off? No. Um, we were talking about rituals, so let's talk about some more of the rituals before we get into the dirty, dirty. <laughs> sure. And we the snarky, snarky. Yeah. So, um. We talked briefly vomitorium a little bit. Um, yeah. Can you take us through some of the other rituals briefly and maybe what your your thoughts on them were versus what we saw? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the rage ritual, which was, I think, the first episode. Um, yeah, that was, I pretty much said all I needed to say about that on the show. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't really want to do it. Like, I'm not a super angry person. I do get angry, but like, it's not something I usually show up off to people and then like you barely know these people and there's just like five cameras and a bunch of production people just like pointed at you and you're just like this doesn't feel fun um and then like of course I surprised myself and everyone everyone was like holy crap that was a loud <laughs> was like, that was a loud scream yeah I like I was that screaming yeah. my head off yeah and so like I don't think anyone including myself like expected that <laughs> that's good that means it's kind of working right yeah mm-hmm. yeah so I appreciated it more than I expected to. Um, the static dance ceremony was really great. The one that Atasia led. Um, oh, yeah. And you have was... a background in, in theater and yeah. dance and art movements and how God works with that, right? Yes. So yeah. um, and tell I'm me more some... about that because that's not the first time I've heard it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've actually taught um, like praise or liturgical dance classes where it's the idea of using dance in either a worship setting or in some sort of format where people are um, experiencing God's presence through movement. And so um, it wasn't that weird to me to be like, okay, let's like dance to like connect with something greater than ourselves and like work through our traumas. And I was like, I got this on lockdown. This is great. Um, So that was super fun. I loved that. Um, and like Thea, who teaches dance for a living, like that's literally her job. She owns a dance right. studio. <laughs> um, so it was interesting though, the first time we did it, she was kind of, she's used to doing choreographed dance, which is very different. And so she felt actually a little uncomfortable, even though she's used to moving her body. And so, um, but when we did it in the final, um, like our final ceremony at the closing of the retreat, like she was definitely much more comfortable with it at that point, which was kind of fun to watch. Um, what other rituals do we do? Uh, I'm going through the episodes. In my Can we head. talk about how much just gunk went into the jungle? First the vomit, then the water where you you all yelled and did all the things to the water <laughs> and then dumped it. I was like, this, and then dumped it. 
this poor jungle's cursed. It needs some right? it needs sage. It needs Jesus. It needs some holy sage, water. Sage and pray over it afterwards. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> I noticed yeah. that I was like, oh, there goes the jungle. There goes I'm the sure, jungle. I'm sure that um retreat center sees that a lot though. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I wonder what they do to like cleanse all that because you guys are letting go of some serious shit. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, emotionally and spirit, energy, and and you know, I'm a very strong believer in in that. I guess they call it hucha. You know, yes. the yeah. sort of negative energy that you guys were working on getting up and getting rid of, and then totally. the water ceremony at the end when you guys were yelling all the things, the bad things into the water. Yeah, like that's what's gonna go out there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing they. Do. I'm guessing they did stuff. What was really interesting is after that particular ceremony, um, Atasse asked me to stick around and like pray around the space. Um, and so he was wow. doing his thing and I was doing my thing and Chrissy was doing her thing. Um, and so all three of us were kind of praying over the space afterwards. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah. So that's I awesome. guess that answers your question. We did yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Was there, um, no, you know, there's this, you know, mindfulness and yoga instructors, but I didn't see a lot of mindfulness and yoga sessions. Did that happen? <laughs> Was that yeah, a thing I, that I, it's funny happened you noticed or were that. they yeah. only there for window dressing? No, we did. I mean, we, you, like they showed very briefly, like uh, a session at the beginning that we did yoga on the beach um, mm -hmm. and that happened and it was like a hundred degrees and it was like in the bright sun on like you know, near the center of the earth and latitude. And like, so it was like, God awful hot while we did it. Plus there's like sand going into places that you don't want it to go. And so it was, it was not my favorite experience. Um, they offered, so they offered yoga every morning at seven. Um, and so there were like, there was one time where we were going to yoga and I think Robin was late cause she was still getting ready. Um, so we saw that. And then we saw like two seconds of that yoga where we were doing like the lion's breath thing. Um, so they had yoga every day at seven, um, and they rotated through the yoga instructors, but, um, did everyone actually show up? No. I was, I was like, that's early. No, I mean, we, retreat. Like, no, like everyone, work. everyone did for like the first couple days. And then like, I almost passed out during one of them because that's before breakfast. And so for me, like it didn't work like with my med timing and needing to eat in a specific time time frame after my meds like it just didn't work so I never went after like the first few days which is kind of bad like I would have loved to like start my day with yoga but the timing just didn't work for like my meds and eating yeah and it was um, still super hot like at 7 a.m <laughs> in the jungle in Costa Rica so it's like already 95 degrees <laughs> how many hours a day did you guys spend filming yeah okay. it depended on the day and when the ceremonies were um so like they had, I mean, they had a producer slash shooter. That's what they called the people who did, did combos. Um, so they, so that way they didn't have like a full crew all the time. So they had an early morning pr like producer shooter, and then they had a night producer shooter. Um, so like we were filmed twenty four seven regardless. I um, see. Okay. okay. Yeah. Like we had we had cameras in our living spaces except for in the bathroom. Um, and then we also had roving camera crews. Um, and so we were always filmed, but, um, the amount of filming <laughs> depended on what time of day it was, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, tell me about life at the resort, like, and how, like, 
retreat and filming were they synergistic like how did, did they say hey, like while well, you're not on camera just do fuck all like yeah. <laughs> that's a great question so basically like it was kind of fascinating because like there was a lot of I mean with production there's a lot of hurry up and wait right where they're like okay get ready we're gonna film and then it takes like 10 hours to like not 10 hours but you know what I mean like it takes a while to like set up and so then you're just kind of sitting around like talking to people until it's time to go um to film and you're still getting filmed during that right like there's always some sort of filming happening even when they're setting up in a different location that you're going to um I mean I will say like knowing you're going to be filmed for 24 hours a day and then actually being filmed 24 hours a day are two very different things um I was not fully prepared for like what it feels like to be filmed 24 <laughs> 7 you know like because some reality shows like when 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 you're not going to a specific location, right? If they're like filming you in your life, like you have time off, like you have specific call times and like they film you at specific points. Whereas here, like it's just constant. Um, so you just never know. Like my favorite was um, like, you're always filmed on the, like in your living space with the cameras there, obviously. But like my favorite is like, we would just be hanging out in the living room and like I go to use the bathroom and I come out two minutes later and there was like, a camera operator that popped up like in the two minutes I was in the bathroom and you can't talk to them. So you're just like, Oh, did you remember to turn your mic pack off before you use the bathroom? Cause that was another thing. We had. <laughs> like, turn the no. mic off. Turn the mic I off. Just, I stopped doing that after like day two, because usually it was like in a spot that I couldn't reach. Yeah. It was usually on my bra strap. Right. Right. And so I'm like, I'm not going to like do like <laughs> gymnastics. You're like, whatever. They'll catch me on Go yeah. and pee. It's fine. I'm like, I'm sure the sound mixer will get it. It's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think mic packs when you get filmed 24 seven, like you have to constantly like it, we would have like breaks where we would all have to go get like our batteries changed. <laughs> for anyway. for filming 24 seven, though, you held it together. You were definitely my favorite. I was telling mm -hmm. Katrina, I was like, she's so genuine. And mm -hmm. you didn't let the drama or anything affect your your time <laughs> there. You know, or we didn't see it. I mean, you know, they would have shown it if there was like more drama. But um... well, there was one point. <laughs> I wish they had shown this because it was really like Nico said it was probably one of the funniest things she ever saw. But like during the crazy after like oh, it was later in the season when like there was that whole blow up with Robin, like telling Brandon all this stuff that Thea About said. Thea's, and then, uh, yeah, and then Brandon wrote a letter and then Christine. Yeah. And like that whole thing. Um, which I would love your take on but <laughs> I'd be more, more than willing to weigh in on that but um at one point I thought hit it I had Miko and I at one point were like hiding in our room <laughs> we were like <laughs> we want nothing to do with this because she happened to like be in the spot where like all of it started going down and didn't mean to like she just kind of walked in to say hi and then she was like yeah she's that like surprises oh, me given that Miko went and intentionally started drama later by going <laughs> to yeah. whoever she went to uh, Robin or whatever by like yeah, your she, fake ass bitch whatever yeah she she was not in that mindset anymore I think maybe <laughs> being my roommate rubbed off on her I don't know but um but she ended up and she was like I don't want to do this so she she and I were just like hanging out talking in our room and then at one point we were like it sounds pretty quiet out there. Maybe we can go out and like not just be stuck in here. So we went out and it seemed quiet. We were like, okay. And we were like on the porch of Thea and Brandon and um, Veron's casita. And then like Robin showed up and Aqua showed up and like all this stuff started going down again, which never aired. And I literally like went 
nope. And like jumped over the side of the porch to go back to our <laughs> casino. <laughs> you nope right on out of there. We'll be right back. Hey, fraudcasters. Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt can be such a challenge. I know I've always had problems with it, whether it was the fit or the quality. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims, the maker of my perfect t-shirt bra. Now I have the perfect t-shirt to go with that bra. From either crop silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. My cotton jersey t-shirt is now a wardrobe staple for me. I reach for it almost every day, and the fit is so perfect because it snatches me right in at the waist. I've washed it a million times, and it's held its shape really well. It fits like a dream. I absolutely love it. And honestly, you guys, I thought, like, okay, this shirt is going to be too small for me, and it's not going to fit right, and all the bulges are going to show but it doesn't at all. I put it on and it magically stretches to fit me perfectly and it holds all those bulges in. Every little but last bulge that I have is all held in and it looks fantastic. I absolutely love it and it's super, super comfortable and it is, it is one of my new favorite t-shirts. You can shop the Skims t-shirt collection at skims.com now available in sizes extra extra small up to 4x and if you haven't yet be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu and now back to the broadcast oh no sorry go ahead no and so like miko started cracking up and like it never aired and like my husband was super sad that didn't air because i told him about it and he's like why didn't they put that there that, that would be hilarious. great <laughs> let's go the, like okay so, are we going to aqua because i've been no, waiting no okay. <laughs> okay. we're gonna go we're gonna go this drama christine robin ah let's talk let's talk the other guests and their okay. drama sure <laughs> before we get to the healers and their drama sounds good what do you want to know <laughs> okay well, are you still friends with the cast members can i ask you that first like yeah, are you friends some, with everyone some. okay not everyone some <laughs> okay um Robin Christine are mother daughter pair that are mm -hmm. there about their codependency, which I don't know. Watching their relationship didn't seem necessarily codependent so much as just toxic. Yes, because they're both right fighters, but um, they seem to have obviously that they were there to work on their relationship. They're both toxic individuals. There was this situation where um, Robin the mother was talking to Brandon, who is the husband of Thea, who another participant and Brandon was like a half participant. He like showed up later. Right. Um, they are having, they're there for their marital issues. And Robin was talking to Brandon about something that Thea had said in a confidence situation. Right. right. During a ceremony, then, during like a ritual ceremony where that's we a were. Big no, no. Right. That's a huge yeah. no, so, no. So yeah. clarify what about that situation, how we, how we got to there. If I <laughs> may have not. Yeah, I wish I knew. I mean, there were so many, like, I literally, I had friends in the ministry who were literally like, we all need to sit down and analyze this from like a pastoral care perspective. Because <laughs> it was just, there were so many layers to it at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, I don't even know how to untangle all of it to really like make sense of it. Because there was just so much going on and all of that. Because then you've got like Brandon and Thea's relationship. You've got Robin and Christine's relationship. You've got like, Robin and Brandon's relationship at that point because they were like talking to each other about stuff you've got Christine and Thea's relationship like there's so many different parts Layers. of it 
Yeah. yeah. So like, I don't even, yeah, that was one that I was, I just sort of like stayed away from because I was like, it was funny. They didn't air this. Cause I think if they had followed what I said, it wouldn't have made drama, but um, yeah. <laughs> like before every, like I knew everything was going to go down um, before it happened. And I was in uh, Greg and Robin and Christine's casita. And I was like, yo, like anyone who's not involved in this should probably leave. Um, because this is like, otherwise it's just going to look like a confrontation with just a bunch of people watching. And like, it's just going to escalate and like, so then the, then they decided to do the opposite, right? right. Because yeah. then they go, oh, we're listening to her. So what are we going to do for ratings and drama? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Right, right. Right. So they, they had this scene where they showed this, where then Christine, the daughter comes walking in and sees um, Brandon talking with Robin. And then Robin right. makes this big production of taking Brandon outside and right. being like, oh, we need to talk quietly outside. Like she did that fully intentionally because she's an attention whore amongst her other oh. um, <laughs> her other personality <laughs> disorders that she may possess um but so so then christine was like well what what is she talking about and she's like trying to listen and then christine later goes and tells thea that right. robin was telling her husband her right. secret stuff right um because and then brandon was, writes a letter that clearly had stuff in it that only Robin knew about and then like it was a whole thing yeah right so there was some some concerns about like giving away confidences that were said right. in in the integration circle which is a time for you all to process and talk to each other like we right. had that in rehab right mm -hmm. where it was, we called it processing where basically yeah. like you could talk about all the shit that was happening with everybody else right. that you were living with and the sober living totally. um, so it seems <laughs> like that so, so this whole mess what was your take let's say okay so at the heart of it, it seemed to me was the Christine Robin relationship, which yeah. is toxic as fuck. Excuse my language. <laughs> it's okay. My higher power says it's okay to swear. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> anyway, she, yeah, she's great. She's yeah, she's female too because fuck the patriarchy. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, love it. Anyway, that seemed to be the heart of the. The drama there and then of course the ancillary drama then with miko coming in to wanting to tell on this and this or chris all of that what was your take on the the christine robin relationship and and was it as toxic to the rest of you as it appeared <laughs> from watching tv yeah uh that's a great question so i will say that separate and apart from each other they were lovely human beings like i still talk to them <laughs> <laughs> they are lovely, lovely people. Um, it's when they were together that like all of that awfulness happened um, because the relationship was just so, so broken. Um, and they just kept making it worse. <laughs> um, I will say it was just as bad as it looked. <laughs> they mm. needed major, major help. <laughs> it was, it was rough uh, to watch and see regularly, um, which is why they were there, right? Like, I'm glad they were there. Right. They worked through stuff um, for sure. Um but yeah, it was, it was rough. <laughs> um, absolutely. <laughs> it was rough for us to watch as well. I'm sure. Um, I will say I broke down and cried though. When I saw Robin, Christine reading the letter, I mean, I end. lost it. I don't even know yep. what was said, obviously, but it was obviously yep. terrible. And when we talk about breaking generational ancestral, trauma. yeah, trauma versus abuse. Right. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, it has to stop somewhere or, you know, somebody yeah. has to, has to, somebody has to do something. Right. Yeah. 
And that that definitely got me that I felt for her. And so as much as I was judging, because I was, I'm a human being, I <laughs> right. judge and then we have to retract. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I was judging. Then I had that moment of watching the letter being read. And yeah. then I broke down. And, and again, I was like, come back to yourself, Alexis. Like, no, she's a human being. And she went through a traumatic childhood. And remember that she's healing herself and yada, yada, yada. But yeah. That that definitely it made her behavior uh, make a lot more sense. Oh uh, yeah, yes. absolutely. You know, for sure. explained um, Robin's trauma, generational yep. trauma, and then you saw some of where 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 that was um, manifesting and how in her relationship with Christine, you know, yep. and how Christine was because she didn't know and intentionally wasn't knowing that stuff. Yeah, totally it informed the way she behaved. And so I hope, do you think that the way that that all wrapped up was as neat of a bow as it, they tried to make it on camera? Like, Oh, look, they're fixed now because of our retreat. Yeah. I mean, obviously the, nothing is fixed like perfectly, but um, I mean, they legitimately were business partners together afterwards. Um, oh, okay. That's great. Yeah. Like that's real. We're not great business partner families, but well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but like, yeah, it, their, their relationship's completely different now. Um, so yeah. although, and, and I've tried to tell people this, right? Like there's some stuff we can talk about on the retreat that was not awesome, um, which we will get to, I'm sure. Um, but like as a whole, like, most of us were helped more than anything else. Okay, um, that's and so like the overarching thing is I'm like, okay, like even if it was like this crazy experience where like some stuff went down, <laughs> I would have liked to change. Um, just all, all of it like was still worth it for me because like it changed my life. Clearly, like obviously mm -hmm. we've adopted. I, I have a son now. Yes, um, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, and so like that, I don't think that would have happened without my work on that retreat. That's well, that's good to know that that it yeah. wasn't completely exploitive just for you know ratings and let's stir up drama and stuff. That that there actually was some beneficial stuff. Um, we were talking about some of the um instructors, healers, whatever you want to call them. Um, we really liked Chrissy, the mm -hmm. lead healer. Um, she seemed to to understand a lot and then also not put up with a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> One of the things she finally got to her breaking point with was Miko and her half in, half out the door, right. like constantly wanting to go. If you want to go, just fucking go. And they had the sort of, you know, excuse my language, but come to Jesus, basically. Like, yeah, basically. <laughs> and she did, which is good because I was frustrated with Miko's in and out like long before Chrissy was. Um, yeah. You were you and Miko were roommates. Yes. Um, Miko taught you how to twerk. We had the pleasure of watching that. Which I missed that somehow. It's like the first episode. I know. Yeah. But between my two-year-old and everything else going on, my dog's been sick, puking for a week. That's a whole other thing. Oh, um, I was like, so I'm trying to rewind. I'm trying to watch it. And then you brought that up. And I was like, how did I miss this? It was very <laughs> short. It was like a super short class. <laughs> Don't worry. It'll be, it's saved in posterity for when we publish the episode this oh episode. my oh god, god. No. <laughs> oh god um, i mean i'm just saying uh, you well, know the funny part about that whole thing is that like when we first met like i think she thought it was funny that i was a pastor and i think she was trying to shock me before she fully knew who i was because like it takes a lot to shock me um but she was like oh i should teach you how to twerk and i was like okay <laughs> she's like, all right. What? And I was like, cool, I'd love to learn how to do that. And she's like, okay. <laughs> um, 
I kind of, you know, hated her at first and then I <laughs> came to like her. And and I'll tell you what too, is because you were so nice to her and seemed <laughs> to like her, I like trusted your perspective because I seemed to like you. So I was like, oh, well, she must be a good person if Becca's being nice to her. <laughs> like, I love I love Miko. Like she is by far one of the most interesting people I've ever met in my life. Like she has a lot of layers to her and like just has a lot, like she's super talented. See, I um, wish they would have told us more about this. Like, yeah. you know, on the show, like go really deep into who you all are. More I know. So than I wish they, they had time. I wish they had time for that. But like she and I had like some really deep conversations and like we prayed together a lot. Um, mm. which obviously they didn't show any of that. But not. um yeah. but like That's we had good. a lot of right. Well, <laughs> it also isn't like super juicy or whatever, but um, you know, and like we talked some really deep stuff about spirituality and faith and like um her life back at home and like um we just had a lot of really good deep conversations. And so um, I wish that came across more in the show. Um, like she, I, she's my ride or die always. I love her so much. Aww, like no, I texted her today knows. and I was like, I'm doing a podcast about the show. And she was like, Oh, have fun, boo. you know, like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, text her, bring her on. <laughs> <laughs> She'd probably be totally into that, but, um, she, she's great. Um, and yeah, apparently we don't obviously see each other cause she's on the other side of the country. Um, she's in California and okay. I'm, I'm not. So, um, no, you're not, <laughs> you know. but we do still talk, uh, once in a while, we still chat, you know, DMs, okay. all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, she's awesome. I love her. <laughs> what about, um, Claudia? <laughs> do you see my face? Lexi yeah. went down the social media rabbit hole on Claudia. Did you? Cause I don't follow her. <laughs> I, I, okay. I, you're the only one that I followed out of the show. I gotta so follow I you, back, by the way. Hold on. Oh, but please I didn't do. Know about yes. any of this? Like, I watched the show and I sought you out and I followed you. You're the only one that I did. And then Lexi was going down this rabbit hole and sending me screenshots. I was like, "Oh damn, what is she doing?" Now I want to know. <laughs> well, my problem is I'm super ADD and like I I meant to follow you, but then I went down a rabbit hole. And then uh, next thing you know, I'm not even on Instagram anymore. I don't know. Next I don't know thing what you know, doing. apparently Claudia is a motivational speaker. Yes. So I sent oh, her a picture. Interesting. She's, her profile <laughs> says she's a TV personality and author and a motivational speaker. Okay. And I listen. You know, if anybody wanted to do a TED talk or any sort of a motivational speaking, I'm sure if you're motivated enough to do it, you could do it, right? Yeah, um, totally. But should you do it? I don't know. Just because oh, I don't know. Doesn't mean I mean, oh, again, I'm only seeing what I what I saw on TV. So I can't yeah. fully judge someone. Claudia is very interesting because like she has moments where she's like super fun and great to be around. And then there's other times where you're like, I don't know what's happening. Um, and, that, and, like, <laughs> and like, I love her, like, right. As like a person who's created in God's image. But I'm also like, there's times where I just like, didn't know what was happening at all. And I was just kind of like, okay. I told <laughs> Katrina, I thought she was like either drunk or on some sort of drugs. I know you can't, don't want to talk about her like that, but I was like, is she on something? What is going on? That doesn't, I don't know. There's just, some yeah, all, I don't, there was definitely... moments that just, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there's some stuff there and I don't know what that is, like, obviously, but there, it, it definitely got to the point where like near the end of the retreat, like it just got awkward. So we didn't end up talking as much. Um, yeah. I wasn't entirely <laughs> sure what her story arc was supposed to be. Um, you know, everybody clearly had a, here's your thing. And here's the story arc we're going to put as to how you're working through it. And with her, I 
wasn't sure. I'm like, wait, what is her issue? What is she, the quote unquote issue? I mean, we all have issues. We could all benefit. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> um, you know, but like what specifically was her thing? Like, I didn't get her a lot. Like I didn't yeah. get what they were trying to do. And like, what was, I don't know. The whole thing was just weird too, because like, I, and they didn't air some of this. Um, and I hint, they did show one part where it hinted at it, but like there was a time where the way she used her language was very um, jarring sometimes. And so I had like a conversation with her at one point where I was like, can we talk about language and like how we talk about things? Cause I think some people are getting a little off put by some of the ways you're like voicing things. And so we had actually had like a full on conversation about that. And then, um, and then all the other stuff came up at the integration circle where she decided to try to like project her own. Yeah. Like turn it around or whatever. And yeah. I was just like, that's not what our conversation was. Like, <laughs> she did the opposite. Conversation, our conversation was about language. Like, <laughs> like, but we didn't see that. So like, yeah. there was no like basis for like what I said later, um, the joy of editing, but um, <laughs> so like, so there were definitely moments where I, like tried to be like Claudia like that was really harsh can we talk about like that language and how maybe there was a better way to phrase that <laughs> you know <laughs> um, but anyway what uh, what was his name Veron no. or Greg both let's go with both okay. of them sure. yeah um love Veron uh we still talk on and off um and actually after the uh final episode um, I was supposed to be doing an Instagram live with Christine and then she had internet issues. So then I just like kind of kept it going by myself and thinking maybe she could come back on and she never came back on. And then Veron came on. And so then yeah, I ended up talking for like an hour, Oh, nice, <laughs> which was super okay. fun. And like, there were a lot of like fans that came on and like asked us questions. Like I, I'm not a huge, like Instagram live person. So that was kind of really fun to like have people asking us questions about the show and um, us answering them and like hearing Veron's take on it. Cause he was pretty quiet for a good chunk of the retreat. So it was kind of nice mm -hmm. to like hear his thoughts on stuff afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, so he's great. Yeah. Um, Greg's cool. Um, he and I didn't interact as much on the retreat just cause we were in different casitas and there wasn't okay. a reason to like interact too often. Um, cause he was dealing a lot with Robin and Christine. <laughs> well, I was going to say he was there for anger issues. And for a while I was like, he's not even getting that angry. I mean, he went off on them a little bit, but that's kind of justified. And I mean, he didn't go off off, but he was like, yeah, be quiet. Like I'm trying to sleep, which I totally get. Um, but I don't think they really dove into the whole angry. I missed a few episodes and, and points, so maybe they covered it, but, um, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. And like, I know at one point, like his character arc was getting a little weird. And so they were thinking about like bringing a family member on at one point. <laughs> um, and then like, then they couldn't because I guess there was something about like a passport or something. I don't Traveling know. Traveling to Costa Rica is yeah. on the last minute is not. <laughs> yeah, like there was some reason that like that didn't go down. And and then they didn't end up having to because like stuff came out in, in his session right. with Chrissy. That's right. Um, that so like, that. but I know at one point there was like questioning in production around like, how can we like clarify his character arc a little bit? Um, okay. I never had that issue. My character art was very clear. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, before we move on a little bit to that, I just want to like they the was the food as rabbit food as as they yes. made the, it was really bad. It wasn't bad. Like I like vegetables, I mean, food, bad but like it, it wasn't. Like, 
Yeah. Like there was definitely not enough food. Um, and I feel bad saying that because like, obviously it's a wellness resort. Obviously like if people are going there, they want to eat healthy, but like, right. But we also were not, we were there for different reasons than most of the people that go there. And so like, we weren't prepared for that. (laughs) So it was like, yeah, it was rough. I mean, like I was just hungry all the time. Um, and it tasted fine, right? Like fruits and veggies taste good, but it was just like, not, if you're not used to eating that all the time, like it's just a huge, huge shift in eating habits. Basically just eating like plants and berries in various. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, there were some nights where we had something a little more substantial, but yeah, it was rough. And so like the production took pity on us. They bought us like supplementary food to have at the casitas. Um, so like, for example, later in the season you see Miko like making grilled cheese at one point and that's because like production oh, okay. gave us bread and cheese um <laughs> and like that's... prisoners here's some bread and cheese. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I mean oh my like God. That. But, but they would bring us they would bring us food and like you know cereal milk like things that to supplement so we weren't just hungry all the time but um that's also why Miko ate the ice pack is because she thought it was like and like she thought it was ices that like they had provided right like it right. makes sense when you know she, that production like... was giving us food <laughs> oh my god yeah that makes a lot more sense that she would think that you know i assumed there was some reason because you guys always had you guys were always doing something in that kitchen right right so i always assumed that there was food why wouldn't there be a japanese popsicle in the freezer which was not it was actually an ice pack it was also in korean which is also hilarious to me that you're just like she thought it was like like some sort of korean i don't know Oh, but she was checked out by the medics and stuff. She turns out she was okay. I mean, after she was sick for a while, she Yeah, and she spit it out right away, right? Like it didn't taste good. Yeah. So so like I think I don't know, like, um, and we can talk about this when like that person posted that YouTube video to like analyze everything. Um, a lot of people were like criticizing, like, oh my gosh, production failed her, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, like, first of all, she spit it out. And second of all, so like, she didn't probably ingest any of it. And second of mm-hmm. all, like she was monitored the whole rest of the day. Like we had a yeah. medic ready to go should something happen. And so like, if you notice, like the minute Christine's like, we got to get the medic, like the medic's there pretty quickly. Um, because he's on, like, he's there ready to do whatever he needs to do. Um, so like we were all joking because it had been like the whole rest of the day and like it had been established that she was fine. Um, so anyway. Um, okay. So I want to get to, we're kind of went around it, but this (laughs) session, there was one more session we didn't talk about. Um, and, and this is the session with Aqua. Mm-hmm. And Aqua is. Ooh, um, I braced myself. The- <laughs> I was I was fired up. Uh, do you need to do jumping jacks more- first? <laughs> I need to stretch it out. Maybe do some yoga. I don't know. I'm kidding. I deep hate breathing. yoga. Right. Deep breathing. Okay. Deep breathing <laughs> is right. amazing. Aqua was a healer that came late to the resort, and I'm wondering if you know any behind the scenes information about why that might have been. Like, was it intentionally to stir up drama, or like no, was she no. planned on being there? And she like she was always going to be there late, like whatever. No, but- I heard later from the healers because I still talk to a good chunk of the healers still. Okay. Um, I heard later after everything was done that um, they had had a someone who was supposed to be in her position that did not work out for various reasons and so then she got asked later than the other healers and she still had stuff that was scheduled so So she she came yeah that she had to do so that's why she came late so it really had nothing to do with like anything it was just okay 
Yeah. It just worked out for extra drama for them. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so she comes in and her specialty is like sexual orgasmic healing. Um, right. I'm not sure. Maybe you have a little bit more insight as to what specifically she means. But like, is that to like everybody has a sacred sexuality and that somehow healing that heals other. I don't know what her her take on things is if sexuality yeah. isn't what your issue is or what you're there for like I'm not uh... yeah I don't know like I know at one point they wanted someone in that role on the show so they all they always wanted someone who had that background um I don't know what the reasoning for that was I wasn't in those meetings obviously but um <laughs> but like there that was always an intention um and I don't know what was behind that but um yeah, so I that mean, was it's an interesting concept. Like, right. you know, healing through, you know, all of that sacred sexuality and things like that and being able to own your sexuality. There's yeah. certainly, you know, an, an important role that that can play in people's lives. Um, and in this instance, like what they showed was the first session, well, the first like meeting with all of you guys, you guys were like holding yourselves and grabbing your, 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 your pupas below your I didn't, pupas. I didn't not do that. <laughs> right. You didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You were like, uh, not in front of other people. I'm like, that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, I don't yeah. know how I'd feel about doing all this sacred sexual healing on camera in front of other people. Right. Totally. <laughs> like that's just maybe not my thing, but I mean, yeah. I, I I'm all for like the, the concept of it, but maybe in a different setting. So yeah, totally. That was the first one. And then they had your, you had a solo session with her and which right. do you want to tell the story? <laughs> sure. We well, saw there, versus... So there's like a little bit of history there because like before that in the group session, she had us like go around the circle and say like, three things we liked about our body and one thing we didn't like about our body. Um, and so when I went, the thing I didn't like about my body was my stomach because of my C-section scar. Right. Um, and she, and I'm glad I rewatched this cause I probably wouldn't have remembered all these details <laughs> otherwise, but she was basically like, Oh yeah, I had a C-section too. I've done a lot of work to like love my scar. And I'm like, well, I don't love my scar. Cause I, right. Reminds me I lost my son, right? Like right. you have a son who's alive. Like <laughs> did she know this before? Did she know your history before coming into that? Because she seemed either like she was just Dumb. a bitch. I'm gonna call it. She's like she has absolutely no uh what's the word I'm looking for? I empathy. Can't, it's not even that. It's just like basic social understanding cues, interaction. Yeah. I mean, like you're you're going and going and talking, and she's just not connecting like she has no clue yeah it's like she's but, so disconnected from what is happening i don't even think you know, lost a child in a c-section yeah, might make right. you not love that scar as much. <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and i don't i just don't think she thought about it honestly because that was the impression i got later because i think she knew about it because i asked some of the healers later because i was curious and they were like yeah we talked about everyone's like reasoning for being here so i'm pretty sure like when she came to like get her up to speed mm -hmm. so like i'm pretty sure she knew about it um, but I got the impression that like, she just didn't even think about that connection that like, why I wouldn't she like makes her a shitty right. healer. But even if she didn't know anything about it, and even if you hadn't lost your child, obviously you had an emotional reaction, you know, like, right. you're having your own experience and she's not able to, to see that what right. she's because saying she's is not okay supporting with hers you. means you right. should be okay with yours too. Right. right. It's not about yeah. her. It's about you. And she's making yeah. it about like you, I don't know. 
That was, yeah. that was my take on a lot of what she did. It was like, she's just not getting it. Yeah. And so that was like the start of that. Right. And then, and then I was, so just some history here. So like we knew, like they had told production had told us there would be one-on-ones, but I had thought that they were happening later. Um, I didn't expect to be like, and they just came to me and they're like, Hey, you're going to do a one-on-one with Aqua. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I was like, oh, I, I'm not sure that would have been the first one I would have picked, but I mean, sure. Like I'm open to that. Um, yeah. and so, and like what people didn't see it, I had, I had a one-on-one with all the healers. Um, yeah, they and, didn't show all of them. And they didn't show all of them. Right. And so, and they, and the other ones I had were amazing. Like, and I can talk about those if people are interested, but yeah, I am. I want to know. Mm-hmm. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, do you want me to do that now? Or you want to, since we're talking about <laughs> let's, the, let's let's up awkward. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, get the, the crap out of the way so we can get the good stuff. Cause <laughs> So, so basically, so that happened. And then, um, they told me I was doing a, a one-on-one with Aqua and I was like, okay, I could kind of see that a little bit. Cause like my whole thing about like not being able to have biological children anymore is like connected to like sexuality and reproduction. Okay. Like I can kind of see the reasoning there's behind a, that. There's a connection right. there. Yeah. Right. yeah. I was like, okay. Um, and she was the healer I knew the least at that point. Cause she'd come late. Um, she'd only been there for a few days. And so I didn't really know what to expect. I wasn't told anything about the session. Like I had no idea what I was stepping into. Um, and so I, I just, I just didn't know what it was. And I was like, okay, we'll see how this goes. And so, um, the session that was for like five minutes or so that people saw, it was an hour and a half in real life. Um, and so what people didn't see is before she, like, it starts where she's asking me if she wants to do Reiki and I look very skeptical. It's because there had been like 45 minutes before that, where she had told me her story of how she had gotten pregnant and um, they had done like tests, um, you know, like what they usually do for babies when they do, you know, ultrasounds and things like that. Mm -hmm. And they realized something was up and they told her that her son was most likely going to have Down syndrome. And she said, I have faith that he's going to be normal. Her words. Oh, wow. So that's where that started. (laughs) That's where that all started. And so then she was like, and so basically she, and she took a while to tell I mean, there's more details than that, but basically she, she told them that's what she said. And then he was born and he didn't have down syndrome. So Um, it's because she had faith. Correct. So that was what, like, that's how she started the whole session. Um, and so I already was like, oh no, (laughs) just like had this moment of like, this is not going to go well. Like I just like, yeah, but but I also like wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt. And maybe I was like, maybe she just like wanted to tell me her story. Like, I don't know what she's trying to get at with this yet. Like, I'm just going to let it go and see what happens. Like be open. Yeah. Like, like, let's just see what happens. Um, I, and then she was like, do you want to do some Reiki? And I was like, sure. And we did the Reiki and the Reiki was beautiful. Like that was actually a wonderful experience because I'd never done Reiki before. I have friends who do Reiki, but I'd never personally experienced it. And so that was really good. And then it went all downhill after that. Um, she basically, (laughs) um, she basically told me, uh, my baby died because I didn't have enough faith as a pastor. Um, I mean, she threw in the pastor part, like just didn't have enough faith period, but then like as a pastor, I should have faith. Um, and that her little boy told her to please have faith, which translates to like, I should try again. Um, and risk her little boy. She was talking about my little boy. Now, like my, was she talking about Gideon or was yes. she talking about 
Theo. Okay. No, 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 no. Like my dead child um, had come to her while she was doing Reiki in theory. Um, Yeah. Um, She said, I talked to your little boy and he told me to please have, is telling you to please have faith. Um, Which basically meant like in her mind, right? Like how she translated it was um, like, I should try again. Cause, and then she was like, you know, there's like stories where people said they couldn't have kids and they had kids and like, you have to have faith in the miracle and like all this stuff. Um, and it was at that point, like I, there's so many things going through my head, but there was like, okay, if I walk out, this is definitely getting on national television. <laughs> like, I was just like, <laughs> I can't walk, like, I can't walk out. Like, that's not an option. Um, I also don't want to like ruin her for life. Like this is what she does for a living. So I don't want to necessarily like ruin her way of making money. Mm. So I don't want to necessarily do that. But I also don't want this terrible, horrible theology to be on national television either. Um, and so that's why I responded the way I did when I was basically just like, you were so good in your response. I was just like, Wow. Yeah. Lexi, why don't you take it away? You have thoughts. (laughs) No. So I texted Katrina and I said something just not nice. Cause I, okay. (laughs) How do I say this? And I was was watching it. Let's talk about it on the show. I'm not going to say exactly what I said to Katrina, but I, in my enraged, (laughs) enraged state, I was just like, I just want to punch her somewhere. And I don't ever, (laughs) ever condone physical violence on anyone. I would never punch somebody. I don't, but in that moment, I was watching it and I wanted to like smack some sense into her. Like, I was just like, you are ridiculous. Like, yeah, I, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. I couldn't. Yeah. And the rough. thing is too, like, <laughs> how do I say this? Did I'm you look to... back at what she texted? Is that what you're... <laughs> I did. <laughs> Which I refuse to say in this podcast because I am a professional woman and I don't want to say what I said. I get you. But Katrina wants to tell everyone what I said, but she said she wanted to punch her in the titties. (laughs) I figured it. I figured that's what she was leaning towards. (laughs) Oh, Lexi, though, as a healer yourself in this sort of space, sort of, because you're a natural in in the whatever. Lexi, I want to hear your thoughts on good healers, bad healers, because this is a perfect example of the fact that like it's a good representation of Mm -hmm. you have to be careful about the healers that you go to absolutely and there are legit and there's some that are not i think aqua needs you becca i think she actually needs your services (laughs) more than you ever could need hers for let me just throw that out there number one Um, like i can speak from an acupuncture and like chinese medicine standpoint um let me just start with that because the, the main belief is that emotions are one of the main causes of diseases. Now, of course, there's, you know, other things that go on in the body, but like you right. hold in certain emotions in different places, people react, whether it be migraines, GI issues, things like that. So people also show up differently. So we actually look at people in like different categories. So like for me, my go-to emotion is anger. So when I get a certain way, I express it like anger. So I have Mm. to move the emotion through and out. Some people are fearful. That's where they live. So Mm. they actually like retreat in some people live in grief and like, so everybody is in a different sort of like what their home base of emotion is. Let's just put it that way. What's mine. You're probably anger too. Like me. Really? Yeah. No, I'm That's kidding. Funny. Uh, no, I, I mean, don't know. She I haven't, me, but, yeah. but well, I haven't actually, it's funny. I haven't looked at you through that lens, but I'm starting with this because The point is, as an acupuncturist, we learn to mirror, just like I'm sure you do, like you learn to interact with people where they're at. You meet them where they're at, right? Totally. So 
you have to learn how to get into the motions. I mean, I practice sitting with people and and getting to their level, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So when I see her engaging with you, she's not getting to your level at all. She's not meeting you where you need to be met, first of all. Second of all, so that's that's number one. And you were there's this huge disconnect. But um that's why I asked if she had any sort of like license to he- like any sort of therapeutic license or I mean she didn't seem like she had any sort of knowledge on how to engage on a one-on-one level with anyone, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. And I don't know what training, like I'm not sure what training she's done. So and you were kind to say that you wanted her to continue to make money because I was like, she should not not talk to anyone like <laughs> well no, I felt a little no. differently after that session I'll be honest but like right, in, the right. moment, in the moment I was like well I don't want to like this is like national television like I don't right. Wanna, right and the other thing is too like in the healing world and whether it be my classmates people I've met there are some of the most beautiful people I've ever met in my life coming from different backgrounds I mean there are like every religion every different um job we have a nurse practitioner we've got an engineer in my group so i mean you've got all these beautiful backgrounds coming together and with that comes great people and evil horrible people and just like in any profession where there's power yeah there you're gonna have just not so great people or people that have experienced trauma themselves haven't healed themselves but are then trying to heal others Mm -hmm. and i also feel like in the healing world there's a lot of not i shouldn't say a lot but there are narcissists and power hungry people that are out for themselves and I can't judge her based on a few hours that I've seen her but um, just in general people need to be careful and cautious who they open up to and who they trust because she could be talking to somebody and say hey to another woman you should really try to have another child and then that woman have some sort of serious you know near-death experience or whatever the child doesn't make it again and it's like that's not good advice that's just not And in her mind, she's like, healing. right, right, right. That's it's not, not healing. So it's like right. a she, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing or whatever. You're just like, yeah. there's a lot of that. And that's why I think a lot of psychics and people that are mediums, there's 90% of them are probably fake, but I have met, and I don't, I mean, that's a whole mm-hmm. other thing, but like, yeah, there are some really amazing people that I've met that have a gift that I can't explain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But 90% of them are scammer. I shouldn't say 90. I keep saying that, but there's a high percentage that are out to take your money or whatever. And I've learned completely separate from acupuncture. I actually met a psychic who's now 90, 90 some years old. And she Roman Catholic grew up Catholic, had these gifts, didn't know what to do, thought they were demonic. Like, Oh my God, I've, you know, I don't know what to do with this. Um, but I met her through a random situation and she sat me down and I was having experiences myself. And she said to me, she said, you don't ever tell someone if you see death in their future, or if you see, like she named like a few things you don't do. And I feel like, <laughs> I feel like Aqua did a couple of those things. Like you don't talk to somebody's dead son who that, that's just not, whether it be real or not, like that's just not appropriate in that situation to bring that up to you. Like that's completely yeah. horrible. Whether or not it was real or not, like you, I don't believe it was. I don't but... believe, I don't believe it was real either. I don't. Yeah, and, who knows? <laughs> right. And and to say like have faith, I was just like, I was like, maybe they edited this. Maybe she meant have faith in the process. That of, you will become a parent someday. Right. In some way. Yeah. Right. I was like, maybe she's nope. going there. I was waiting for it. Right. Nope. I was like, oh, yeah. have faith nope. in, the, <laughs> in the journey that you're on. Have faith you're in the right place in the right time. Or what yeah. No. I, was I was waiting like, for the have faith that you will 
Right. You know, parents in some way, we just don't know what that path is yet or what. Right. No, right. No, that's, that's I think not... that would have been a little bit more reassuring that your your yeah. this path and journey is yours and whatever you're going to say. But no, that's not what she said at but all. But instead so she I was tells like, you that you yeah. lost your son because you didn't have enough faith. And, and then if you just yeah. have more faith and try again, it'll, then it'll happen. Right. right. And what really got me too is when she received the feedback that, hey, what you said was not it was not receptive. It was not receptive like at all. And it was, and she worded it really nice, but I would have said it differently. Yeah, when Um, Chrissy, so later, so what happened after this is you went and you, Becca, went to Chrissy and explained what had happened and how, not that you needed to, but you explained why it was hurtful and why it was, was problematic, you know, um, and Chrissy understood, she, you know, she d- didn't need to explain it to her just by saying what what she did, you know, what Aqua had said that, you know, Chrissy understood it. So she went to go to Aqua and right. tell her, hey, you kind of missed the mark on this one. Right. And, you know, the, the, instead of healing, there was hurting and it was, you know, blah, 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 blah. What does Aqua do? Right. Doubles, it's, doubles down. Yeah. 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 And any healer or any person that's just a good person is going to want to hear the feedback. Right. And uh-huh. look internal to see what did I do? What what could I have yeah. done differently? What did I miss yeah. here? Right. Yeah. Every good evidence-based healer is going to be wanting the evidence in that feedback loop so that they can improve. Right. Right. And no one's now, perfect. Like nobody's perfect. No, like everyone but, makes mistakes, right? right? So like when but it's owning when, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's and learning. Then, and, and then after that, right, then she talked with um, Atasi and Onika, who didn't know, like, I hadn't talked to her, talked to them about the so They thing. hadn't, yeah, they were not aware. Right, of the they weren't aware of the details, but even they talking to Aqua were like, yo, I think it's more nuanced than this. Like, there's got to be, there's ways that you bring messages to people that are, that are helpful, um, right. which again, brings up this theme of like language and like how we decide to, um convey messages to people in ways that are helpful versus hurtful like uh how do i say this should i even say this on 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 the we can edit it out if necessary okay well i will say (laughs) that a, a, a certain person that's very very close to me many years ago had an abortion and was so completely traumatized by having it that it carries on to this day. Like regret. I'm not saying that a lot of women have regrets, but but like it was a decision she made. Right. The specific instance. And the psychic was able to see that and not only tell me that it like she said, she didn't say the exact words, but she was like, you really need to talk to this person about the grief that she's carrying about a situation when she was young. Mm. And she like went into this whole thing that when I told this person what she had said, it was like, Oh, there's no way there's no way i mean there's more detail to that but it's just like yeah how you say things like to carry a message that's positive but also yeah. like healing is one way yeah. but you don't just like go off like she did in a way that was just she didn't go off but she was just so snarky that was like just i don't know snooty snarky i just got like negative energy She's very her. right fighter about it she, yeah. She, yeah she was like channeling robin in that regard <laughs> um, now the one of the things about this particular session and this issue is that it highlights something that you then went on to go talk about a little bit more. And now you mentioned the YouTube video. I um, did not get a chance to see it. And I thought, well, you know, you can tell me <laughs> instead of watching somebody else. I can have you tell me, you know, um, is this concept and this this thing of this thing, this um, subject of spiritual abuse. Yes, um, I did read the article you wrote. 
Yes. And Mm -hmm. um, very good article. I think it's a fascinating topic and I really like, I feel like we could do an entire show just on this because I see it a lot. I see the like people I know have come from backgrounds of spiritual abuse. I've seen that a lot. Um, And it is something that is, is a lot more prevalent than gets credit, I guess. Totally. It gets the attention. Talk about that aspect of it, please. Yeah. So, um, so spiritual abuse is basically any sort of, um, emotional, physical, spiritual abuse, um, that happens in some sort of spiritual setting. Right. Um, so it could be something that's related to your spiritual being, or it just could be happening in a spiritual setting. So I just want to like put that out there. So it could Um, be anything from someone commenting negatively because you're a particular religion or it could be that you just happen to be in a house of worship and something bad happens to you like right okay yeah it could be either one right okay Um, okay this obviously was the the first where it was it was aimed at spiritual well-being Mm -hmm. um and it was um there were a couple different things happening here right so one of the um things that happen with spiritual abuse sometimes is the idea that um, God's favor and God's love or higher power, divine, whatever you call your higher being, um, God's favor, God's love is based, is contingent upon um, our, our doings. And so like, that was the main thing that happened there where it was, and and we know that that's not how God works, right? Like, right. God is I know that there, you like, know that the American right like tallying up the score right like yeah it's <laughs> not, not how it works um and there were there was a couple other things there where it was just like um adherence to authority um basically like saying this is what faith is and so this is what you have to do or you don't have faith that's definitely a spiritual abuse type reasoning um and there was some after that where there was um ostracizing and um ridiculing um there's some social media happenings that happened after that when i Um, read that in your article this that was completely new to me i had not seen that um and to know that that she actually engaged in social media bullying i'm not surprised about this issue specifically like because she knows deep down she's in the wrong and she's trying to prove a point to make herself right because it's about power and winning and control she wanted to be in control of the narrative i don't know that's my that's my opinion actually (laughs) yeah right like i don't know what her her motivation is behind it um but what kind of healer is she if she goes to social media to to bully you about your spirituality yeah and like that was the thing right so i'm in a helping and healing profession as well Mm -hmm. and so like for me like if I had messed up in a session and it got aired. Like, first of all, I would be mortified and like, be like, oh my God, I have to do better next time. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Like all that stuff. But B, like, I don't, I would never like double down and then like turn it on the person and basically be like, well, you have no faith. Well, like, obviously you didn't, you didn't know what I was talking about. Like it wasn't right. Like it was all the, yeah, I was a pastor with no faith on multiple (laughs) posts um yeah so uh so I noticed her profile was private and I tried to request her just to see her profile and then she didn't accept me or it was like impending so then I just gave up I was like why would I even want to there's no need for me to even look at it 
Really? I didn't know it was private now. It didn't used to be. There's a couple, I I don't know. There was a couple different ones. And the one that had a lot of followers was private. And so uh, maybe she got a lot of negative backlash from, I don't don't know. know. But I just, I was like, I'm not an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I will say like, well, the worst part, right. Is like, there was like, I would say that that was the most spirited debate from the show that happened on social media, because like, there were people who were like, I can't believe she said that to her. Um, Aqua to me. And then there were people on the other end that were like, well, of course Becca's died. Becca's baby died because she didn't have enough faith. Don't you understand the law of attraction? Which P.S. That's not what the law of attraction says. No, <laughs> I agree. 100%. No. Like, 100% like, agree. I don't even follow that ideology. And I know that that's not what that no. is. <laughs> right. Um, and so, but that's what it gets twisted into a lot of times is like, if you just think like all these things, like then they'll Are happen enough, to you. They'll show right. up. Right. right. Which door. is not what it means. Um, and so there was, and like, <laughs> I felt so bad because a few of my friends got into like huge debates with people because like, they're like, well, I know Becca and like, here we go. <laughs> you know? And you can't just... debate with ignorance because no. people online are just Says the girl who debates ignorance. Online okay. That's, some... that's occasion. No, that's not all the time. That's, you know, I told you when that happens, certain times <laughs> very infrequent, but when I do, I get super, I get super heated. Like I actually, one person aggro on people about things sometimes. No, so I'm like, I'm like big into like ghost hunting. And there was this, there's a priest that does like exorcisms. And anyways, he he had his own um, Facebook thing. He was on TV and he's extremely religious, which is great. Like, that's fine. Well, somebody, I commented on something and somebody basically told me that my daughter was going to hell because I, I hadn't had her baptized. And I went on to explain like, well, if the person is a really good person and like, I've actually been thinking about having her baptized, but that's neither here nor there. So it was just like, (laughs) it was more like, so you're telling me that my daughter could be the greatest person in the world and heal people and be a good person and do all these wonderful things. But because she wasn't baptized, she's going to go to hell. Meanwhile, a serial killer who was baptized, (laughs) right? Yeah. Was baptized. So he's going to get into heaven or whatever. I'm like this, make it make sense, but you can't talk to these like, well you know. <laughs> yeah well you can't get past the like baptism is fire insurance right like that's what people see it as and actually when Gideon died like the first time I managed to go out of the house like except for you know the funeral where I was barely standing up because I had just had a cesarean but like we find like two weeks after that I think we went to like a Tim Hortons which you know people may not well, know what up, that is you're up there <laughs> yeah, I, we were we were in we were in Western New York, like in Buff, in a like sort of near Buffalo area, and so like that's, Bills. that's yeah, we're Bills, yeah, friends. exactly, Bills, <laughs> Bills territory. Yes, um, we know. And well. we went there, and it's a small. It was a small community that we were living in at the time, and um, I couldn't stand up for long periods of time, cesarean. So I went and I sat in our spot, and like my husband went to go get our order, and um, I was recognized um, by a group of people. I think they were Catholic next to us and they proceeded to debate with an earshot of whether my child had gone to hell or not because (gasps) he wasn't baptized. So So this is spiritual. Like we talk about abuse, just people. Right. Yeah. Can you imagine like, and I'm just sitting there and I have to like, listen to it. Like, Like it was just so bad. And it's like, you're, I don't hate to say, but you're damned if you do damned, if you don't, because if you were to sit there and stand up for your child and yourself, then maybe they could interpret that as look at her seat. Exactly. But then if you just sit there and you have to hear that and take it in, it's like, now you're internalizing it. And at the end of the day, it's like, people are going to say what they're going to say. And I keep having to, to regroup and come back to myself. And all I can do is control myself and how I react and just focus on the 
good, which is so hard to do. And, you know, people are treating you like that and you're, oh. and you're and poor especially, child. Like, especially when baptism is like such a gift. And so like, it makes me sad when it gets twisted into this other thing. Like it's a whole gift. Like, like God gave us this gift to like join God's family and be like claimed as God's own. And like, you know, like it's a whole big right. thing. And then like, it gets twisted into this, like, you have to do this or else, you know? Yeah. When it, comes to, when it comes to spiritual abuse now this i'm going to link your article down below because i think it's fantastic um and mm -hmm. other resources and stuff because mm -hmm. i do think this is an issue that needs um more attention mm -hmm. and i'm probably going to have you back to do an episode specifically on that because sure. we do talk about other kinds of abuse but we we don't talk enough about that um what are a couple big takeaways that you want people to know if this is the only thing that they're hearing about it? What mm. do you want them to take away about spiritual abuse specifically? Yeah. Um, if it doesn't sit right, it's probably not right. <laughs> okay. Right. Like, like we have that gut thing for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes like, and that obviously that doesn't pertain to like when we're stretching ourselves to grow spiritually, obviously, like if, if we're doing something to get out of our comfort zone, like to grow spiritually, that's one thing. But like, if you're in a situation with some, with a spiritual authority of some sort and it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. Mm -hmm. Um, and say something. Um, and if it doesn't go well, when you say something, take heart in knowing that it still wasn't right. And you can Confirmation. walk away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you can, and you can walk away. Like that was the other thing, right? Like I didn't have to sit through that whole session. <laughs> I did because I was like, it can't get worse. It can't get worse. And then it kept getting worse and worse. So like, it's okay to be like, this is not the person that I want to work with. Um, this is not something I want to do. Um, and I think oftentimes, cause there's that power dynamic, right. Of like someone who's supposed to be the expert, um, and so people are like, well, even if, even if my God is telling you like, this isn't right, like it, sh it should still be right. Right. And that's like what happens like in the Nexium group. Oh, we where, did. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was in my backyard here, by the way, y'all. I live, I live in the Albany, New York area. And right. so like, I have people who like went to their, like, anyway, there's the whole thing. But we were going to do an episode on that. Katrina and I were oh, talking about possibly yes! doing that. Okay. Oh, you're you're on. I would totally back, be part of that if you want me to. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Like, but it's crazy. Like I've, I have friends who like went to their, like, um, their ESP retreat and mm -hmm. like laughed and were like, this is <laughs> they were like, I'm not, I'm not oh, doing any more of this. For sure. We'll get um, your friends, round up your friends and we'll, we'll do a whole group, group chat. I should, but like, talk but, about but, spiritual abuse, you know? Right. But like, that's the thing. And that's like, you know, people watch these like cults or groups or whatever. And they're like, well, I would never do that. Well, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't start that way. Right. Right. Like it starts like normal almost like it starts logical and you're like okay I could see how this could be self-improving or whatever that group is for and then it keep and then it just keeps happening and happening and happening and they train you not to trust your gut like they right. train you to be like oh if this doesn't feel right it's just for your growth well obviously those are two very different things right like yeah. obviously you choose when you want to do those uncomfortable things to grow they're not dictated by somebody else. Those are two mm -hmm. very different things. Um, and so like they train you not to trust your gut. Um, and then you keep doing more and more and more and more uncomfortable things that you wouldn't normally do previously. The fraudcast will be right back. And now back to the fraudcast. Great, great stuff on, on spiritual abuse. Again, we're going to link a lot of resources down below. 
I'm not going to let you go. We're we're not done yet. Don't get don't don't get um out of your seat there because I mentioned your writing. Mm-hmm. I mentioned you are a published author. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a book called Christian Min- Minimalism. Like that's mm-hmm. actually the name of it. Um, and you know I've read you know your your story about how you sort of got there. But can you talk about now, this is a concept that I personally needed in my life at the time. You know, talk about a higher power bringing things into my life. This was something that I've been struggling with, actually, you know, is in 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 a lot of ways. So um, can you explain what is Christian minimalism? What is minimalism? How did you come to it? Yeah. So minimalism is a focus on the aspects of life that matter most and intentionally removing everything else. And then Christian minimalism is connecting that to the Christian faith and spirituality because a lot of what Jesus taught is connected to that. Um, I came across it. I actually was watching Netflix and my life changed. I don't think a lot of people expect that to happen when they sit down to watch Netflix, but that's what happened. I don't know. Um, I mean, too hot to handle can be pretty life changing. <laughs> depends, <laughs> depends how life changing you want it to be. Um, or how, yeah. Anyway, In what um, aspect of my life? Yeah, like what aspect are you changing? Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, I I watched. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's still on there or not. But it, the Minimalists, which is uh, these two guys, Ryan Nicodemus and Joshua Fields Milburn, they call themselves the Minimalists. Um, they made. Uh, they have two documentaries now. The first one um, is called Minimalism: Live a Meaningful Life, um, and it was uh, you know like Netflix gives you suggestions. I watch a lot of documentaries um, and and especially ones kind of connecting to some sort of spirituality or like mm-hmm. life improvement or things like that. And so um, it popped up as one of my suggestions and I was like, I was having a bad health day. So I was like kind of stuck on the couch anyway. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, this is an hour and 15 minutes. So it's not super long. So if it's terrible, like it's only an hour and 15 minutes, I would right, stay right. I'll try it out. And I watch it and I was like, oh my gosh, I think like God is calling me to live a more minimal lifestyle. Can I tell you a secret about that? That documentary is it's for a lot of the same reasons it comes up in my suggestions and mm-hmm. I intentionally don't watch it because I am afraid of it because I feel like in the same way that I didn't like to watch things about people being getting sober when I was still drinking before mm. I got sober, like I feel like, like I know I have issues with stuff. Like I know this, yeah. right? I could be yeah. borderline hoarder if I'm not controlled, if I'm not kept in check. And and so it's like I didn't want to confront my issues with that. So yeah, I actually did watch the documentary a while ago. Oh, and okay. but it was it was so long ago. I remember watching it and thinking, first of all, they needed more episodes because it was like I think how many seasons? One or two? Wait, it was, was just a, one it was, it was just one. one documentary. Oh, was it that wait, then what am I thinking of? Anyways, but the two guys were like yeah they like lived with like basically nothing and they were explaining yeah. how they chose what to do and I was just like and I did like kind of like you could turn I was like cringing because I'm like yeah. thinking how could I let go of so much I need this I need this I need I'm like yeah hey, you don't actually need most I of don't actually have. need it but I have issues yeah. from right I haven't worn money. this in 10 years it'll never fit again <laughs> right it's staying in my closet like, right right I, yeah and I think that's the hard part too. watching it is like they went to a more extreme version of it. And like, I don't live like that. Right. Like I live more minimally, but I don't, I, I don't have like empty rooms in the same way. Clearly, like I have, <laughs> I, I own things. Um, so yeah, so there's but you that. Said, so you said the minimalism is getting 
it's not necessarily just like throwing everything away. It's right. it's getting rid of that which you really don't need and intent yeah. being intentional about right. that as well as intentionally the things you have around you are very intentional things you have around you yeah. versus just crap that's everywhere. Yeah. A lot of it is just like not living on autopilot and just living the consumer culture lifestyle that we've all been told we should be living, right? Um, both, both like explicitly and implicitly. So, mm -hmm. so a lot of it at the core is like intentionality about how we live and buy and consume. Um, so that's the, that's the flip side, right? So you're getting rid of things that are keeping you from focusing on what's most important. But then the flip side of it is like intentionally living as well. Um, it's not just about getting rid of a bunch of stuff and calling it a day like Marie Kondo, which, um, I could talk about that forever. <laughs> In <laughs> but, a good way or a bad way? <laughs> um, a little bit of both. Um, okay. I think like she highlighted the need to do that, which I think is great, but she falls under the umbrella of more of the decluttering movement than minimalism. I mean, okay. before, before now, like I just, she's a kid, right now she's like uh, two she's children. Three kids. She's three. three kids now. I heard that she's not as uh, decluttered yes. as she used to be. Yeah. I, I wrote a blog post about that actually. So like, yeah. So now she's following more of what I would call a more minimalist lifestyle versus what she lived before. Um, but anyway, I wrote blog can, posts about it. Can you it, give but... me an example of with the Christian minimalism faith, just an example of how that works in Christian, like just one example of a Christian minimalism like belief. Life? Yeah. Like, yeah. So for example, um, one of the things that I was really bad at, um, was saying no to things. Like I would say yes to doing whatever, whenever people ask me, and then I would have like an insane schedule. Um, and then I would like curse myself for it. Right. <laughs> like I would be like, why did I say yes to this stuff? And like half, half of the things I said yes to, like, I didn't want to do. I just mm -hmm. set out of obligation or like whatever. Right. Like we say yes People to pleasing things, or right. something. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it was. Um, and I had to really like face in myself this like wanting people to like me or like wanting to feel needed or like whatever it was in that moment um and work through that so that I can like when people come to me and they ask me to do something that like I don't have the gifts and skills for or like I just don't want to do or I don't have the time to do I can just be like no sorry I don't have time for that right now or whatever and be okay with that yeah. um and so and that's part of my like being intentional with the time, energy, and gifts God has given me, right? Like mm -hmm. when I'm not intentional with that, then I'm not able to serve God in the way that God wants me to, that God is calling me to, because I'm just like bombarding myself with all these things that like don't match my gifts, don't match what my passions are. Mm -hmm. um, and also like being chronically ill, like I don't have an infinite amount of energy, like none of us do, but I especially don't, right? Like right. there's that whole spoon theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I only have a certain number of spoons throughout the day as a chronically ill human being. And so I have to be intentional with how I use those spoons because otherwise I use up all my spoons and then I'm dead for days, you know, and then that's right. not helpful because then I can't do anything productive for days. So yeah, so I, I just, know it well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone with chronic illness knows exactly mm -hmm. what it feels like because we're like, oh, shouldn't have done that. And... Yep. Oh, I'm going to, you feel good in the moment. You do, you know, have a couple big days and then you're out for a week. Yep. Yep. That's um, exactly right. Yeah. I think that's why so, I watch a lot of TV. <laughs> there you go. I like that. But, um, but yeah, like it's all about intentionality and like deciding how to do things as opposed to just doing them the way you've always done them or the way that's expected of you or whatever. Mm -hmm. How does that look with stuff? I yeah. love that outlook with, with, 
people and things mm-hmm. around you in, in situations, but what about stuff? Yeah. So I like this question. I, I modified this question in my book, but I liked the core of this question that the minimalists have where it's like, does this add value to my life? Um, which is right. So like the value could be beauty if it's like a painting that's on your wall and you enjoy it, Mm -hmm. which I think is a healthier way of thinking about it versus does this spark joy that Marie Kondo uses. And I have reasons why I don't think that's helpful in a Western mindset for her. That's part of her Shinto spirituality. And Mm -hmm. that makes sense. And that's like a spiritual moment for her. But if you don't, if you don't share that spirituality, it's connecting to emotion and it's asking you to attach emotion to things more than you probably should. And so like that was my issue with stuff was like, I I was attaching emotion to these things mm-hmm. when in reality, like there's no emotion attached to these things. They're, they're in out of objects, right? Like <laughs> the memories aren't in the things, <laughs> which sounds remedial, but it's true. What about like security? Like having it there gives me security that in case I some day might need a can of gold spray paint again (laughs) for a random art project knowing that I have it Mm -hmm. gives me security like that is is that my my alcoholic lawyer brain overanalyzing (laughs) and 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 rationalizing any situation (laughs) yeah so it's interesting the minimalists have this thing called just in case versus just for when And so like we have stuff all around us all the time for just in case for like situations that like 90% of the time never pop up Um, versus just for when, like if you happen to be a painter and you want that spray cane there and you know you're going to use it, like that's just for when. They also have this suggestion. I have mixed feelings about this suggestion because it assumes a lot of privilege and I'll explain what that mean by that in a minute. But like they have a 2020 rule where if you can replace it in less than 20 minutes for less than $20, then you shouldn't keep it around. Now that also assumes you have the privilege of being able to go somewhere in less than 20 minutes, like some sort of transportation, and then like have the money to then like procure that thing for less than $20. But with that said, like any, you can make a rule that makes sense for you if the 2020 rule doesn't work, right? I like the concept. I do. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. And every person, if you're rich, it's a hundred thousand dollars and a hundred miles. Right. If you're poor, it's five dollars and five miles. But right, um, like you can you can adjust yeah, it as needed. Yeah. But like this, the the idea of having a rule, like we like my husband and I have a rule where if we haven't like touched something for a year, um, we reevaluate if it's something we need to keep around or not. I like so, that. Yeah, I love the concept of all of this, and in my brain, I'm like, yes, and I can make those decisions. But then my ADHD side kicks in and it's the overwhelm factor that's huge for me that I just like, like, I'm sitting in my craft room right now that Mm -hmm. Lexi's been in here and she knows what the energy is like in here. And it's just, it's, it's no, like it needs to be everything cleared out. There's so much junk in here that I can barely use half the room. Right. My apartment is the same, so I totally get it. I totally <laughs> get it. Well, I'm 80, 80, 82, and so it's this. like you you're get overwhelmed because you're like, okay, the dishes need to be done, the laundry, the book needs right. to be organized, the the kids' toys need to be picked up, and then oh my god, I have so much to do, so I'm gonna sit there and do nothing. Yeah, totally. But then I think I'm like, okay, let me let me minimize it. Let me let me just do my desk, or let me just do this cabinet in the kitchen because you know I've yeah. read I've read all of the t- the tricks about you know ADHD overwhelm or whatever. But then something happens and I get distracted because yeah, you know, whatever. Right? <laughs> I just don't want to do it, and I sit on the couch and am in a state of overwhelm. Yeah. And then I look like I, I'm 
on my way to hoarders. So, <laughs> well, what helped us was literally carving out time to do it. So like okay. during the week, we would carve out like 15 minutes every day during the week where it literally was like, we're cleaning out the junk drawer today. We're cleaning out this drawer today. Like That's what my head. therapist told me to do. And I made like a thousand lists of, and then I lost them all. She's, no, like, no. she's like, make a calendar, 15 minute slots, just 15. You can give yourself 15. And so I did that for a day, but I was writing them out right now. And then I lost that list. So I was like, oh, I got to write it down again. Oh, and then I lost that oh. list. I'm like, I need medication again. And I'm then kidding, out of sight, out of mind. And yeah, 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 totally. No, yeah, um, that, that's well, a great that goes tip. into what another question was going to be was what kinds of tips and advice would you have for people who yes. might want to explore this or think it might be beneficial for them? Yeah. So definitely start small, right? Um, well, first probably figure out your why, right? like why you want to do this, because that's like figuring out, like facing why you've like accumulated stuff in the first place or facing why, like, and working through why you have so many time obligations or like facing why you scroll through social media for hours on end. Like those are not joyful, like happy things to do a lot of times. Cause you're facing those like dark parts of you where it's just like, that's the stuff we don't typically want to see, um, which is why we do those things. Um, and so it's a lot of like dealing with your demons, if you will, um, and like shifting your worldview. Um, and it's also not super glamorous, right? Like getting, like going through your junk and figuring out what to keep. Well, I shouldn't say everything's junk, right? But like going through all the stuff and figuring out what to keep, like that's, that it gets sloggy. And so like having your reason you want to do it is really helpful. Um, but also, like I said, start small, carve out time. So we had like time during the week. And then on the weekend, like on a Saturday, we carved out hours to like go deal with our storage unit. Um, because mm-hmm. we had a storage unit at the time. So like the bigger projects would be like um that bigger time. Whereas like mm-hmm. during the week we'd have like little bits of time where we would do stuff. And then you you like the little bits of time feel like, oh, well, I just did a drawer big freaking deal but then like as you start doing more drawers like you start to see progress and that like motivates you to keep going right right exactly um, yeah. yeah I think so, it's great that you and your husband it sounds like you have a good partnership in that yeah ish I mean we was definitely he on board was he always on board <laughs> so he actually was very much like you like he came home from running errands and I was like, you have to watch this documentary. And he was like, Oh, that means we're going to have to change. (laughs) But then he watched it and he totally agreed with me. He was like, yeah, I think this is something like we should do. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and then I was like, well, like, it seems really interesting that like, they keep talking about meaning in this thing. Like the implication being like, as you, you know, minimize your life and like find those things that matter most, like then you find meaning. And I was like, well, that's really fascinating to me because like meaning, like religion is meaning. (laughs) And so like, and this, a lot of this sounds like what Jesus taught. So like, there's gotta be people talking about this. And like, at the time, this was the end of, uh, 2017, there really wasn't anyone talking about in any depth, the connection between like Christian spirituality and faith and uh, the minimalism movement. Um, and so that's how I started writing about it. I'm going to have to buy your book. Yeah. I want to read it. Yes. (laughs) Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating having those, those paired the the Christian part with the minimalism, um, you know, me not being like super Christian religious, but having this, very spiritual higher being concept that's you know you can call her god you can call her whatever you want i don't care like i know what it is to me right Mm -hmm. connecting those in an intentional way like that seems that seems like actually like really doable and and maybe a way to help Mm -hmm. 
cut through some of that overwhelm. Yeah, you totally. know, as as I've grown in my journey, my own spiritual journey over the years, and you know, getting to the point where I'm realizing, you know, I've I've done a lot of that work and realizing, okay, why do I have so much stuff? Why am I buying stuff all the time? Well, I know a lot of it stems from my childhood, and you know, this and right. that, and the other thing, and scarcity mindset and some other of those mm-hmm. those things that um mine happens to manifest in buying the things I, I can now and this and that and the other right. thing but it's also contributing to being blocked in other ways right like mm-hmm. to, the the amount of stuff just blocks my yeah. connection to various yes. whatever for sure um inner being higher being whatever you whatever you want to go to 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 sort of work through your your own issues or shadow work or you know any other term that people want to use to do that that very that personal work I do mm-hmm. feel like the clutter gets in that way gets in the yes, way I remember my therapist sure. once telling me that when I went through a phase right after I got sober I was probably like nine months sober and I was going through a very like rage clean phase where my house was mm. always super clean all the time and um my husband wishes that would come back (laughs) (laughs) and it was I would get very rageful about it and I would rage Mm. clean um but my therapist was like you know as we start to clear things up mentally like we want the surrounding space to be cleared up too and this was you know shortly after I got sober so it made a lot of sense but now I feel like it's like working in reverse the negative way you know (laughs) yeah yeah um so uh, I think that's fascinating um, how that mm-hmm. how that works. Now, um, can you talk a little bit about? You work at um, your your campus minister. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk just a little bit about? You know, we said you were the doctor reverend. I'm sorry, the Aunt Wayne. <laughs> I <already laughs> forgot it. The reverend doctor, but it's fine. The reverend Doctor Becca. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so so. Um, just a little bit about your, your CV as it were. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I, um, so my main gig (laughs) is I'm a Protestant campus minister at the university of Albany. Um, and like I said, I'm in the interface center with a bunch of other chaplains as well. Um, so we interact with lots of people from different backgrounds, which is great. Um, and we do all sorts of fun things like worship and, uh, food and faith and uh, Bible studies and drop in for bagels and like <laughs> all the roller skating, ice skating, you know, all the fun things that college fun. students yeah. are doing. Yeah. They really like the retro stuff, which is like super fascinating to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Axe throwing was Retro popular. to be what, 90s for them nowadays? Yeah. Like, right. like, what is, is retro like, now? Like, I feel that's like when I went to college. Yeah. I know. Like when you, if you want to feel old, like hang out on a college campus. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. I have a college freshman. There so. you go. <laughs> yeah. you know the drill you know the drill I do, but like I do it cracks me up that like they like roller skating and I'm like oh my gosh that was cool like when I was younger but anyway <laughs> yeah when I was like then um so okay so I'm gonna bring this full circle now yeah. now going back to lost resort you you went on because you were dealing with your grief um about Gideon and moving forward and how that was going to look in your life um as we said earlier, you do now have a son, Theo. Yes. Um, take take me through that how that ended up coming to be. We saw on the show that you got you were getting to a place where you know you think you can do do the adoption. You they showed the yep. part where you came home and you talked to Will and all this stuff. 
what happened after that? And how did we get to three months ago when Theo came into your life? Yeah. Um, adoption is like a really intense process. I think, um, unfortunately the way it is portrayed in movies and TV, it just looks like you write a letter to like birth parents and then you get a kid most of the time. <laughs> like, like I legit wa just watched something where that was like the story. And I was like, that's not how it works. Like I'm like yelling at the TV. Yeah. Um, like, and, and I'm not saying people shouldn't adopt. I think people definitely should adopt, but, um, but it was, I was not prepared. There were like classes that you had to take. Um, there were paperwork, like we had to do over 200 pieces of paperwork, um, for different things for state, for the agency. Um, we had to show all our finances to show that we could support a kid. Um, we had to write like, 10 page autobiographies about ourselves and then wow. meet social workers. Yeah, it was really intense. That's a lot. Um, and then we had to make like a 10 page profile that was then put in a binder. And so when birth parents are looking to pick um, where their child is placed, what family the child is placed with, um, that's the profiles they're looking at. Um, and like, I, I don't have a degree in graphic design. <laughs> like that is not, that is not my spiritual gift. And so like, I had to like, learn how to do that, you know, um, make yourself look glossy and glamorous. Yeah, you're like yeah. marketing, you're marketing it's your family. So, it's <laughs> so, so weird. It's so weird. Right. And so like, and you don't know what people are looking for. So you're just like, okay, like, here's a picture of us, like hanging out on a local, like playground that our kid might play on like it was just weird <laughs> uh, which we totally did by the way um, that's awesome yeah and so I don't know it was just like the whole process was just really intense there was a lot and it was like a lot of hurry up and wait um which felt very much like production on the show so it was just like get like meet this deadline get this thing in and then it was just sort of like a lag and then it was like okay here's the next deadline you know um, and then once you get all your stuff in and you have your profile in, then you're just waiting. Um, and so we started the process sort of at the beginning, right when I got back from the retreats, so this was <laughs> January of 2020, which is funny to think about now. And then we, we had like started the like paperwork and like, we're about to start taking classes and then the world blew up <laughs> with the pandemic and we were just like not comfortable continuing with the process during the pandemic because like I'm chronically ill. And so like I have an underlying issue. So like if I got COVID, like we, we couldn't go to like a hospital to get a child in the middle of COVID, like it just wasn't mm -hmm. going to work. So we, we paused it for a while and then we restarted in 21 um, and took all the classes did all the paperwork and everything. And so then it was about 10 months that we waited um, there was like a time in between where we were on pause because we moved from New York city to upstate New York. So, um, it wasn't like a full 10 months. It was probably more like nine. Cause I think we were on pause for like a month until we upped everything again. Cause we were in a different location, um, which they also don't tell you, like you have to redo a bunch of stuff if you move or like, if you have a change in job while you're waiting or like whatever, which you seem um, to have several. Cause I, I, since I've been following you, I think you moved from like Pennsylvania to New York to like, yeah. now you're in upstate New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were in Philly when, um, the show filmed and aired, 
Um, so yeah, I was in Philly during like most of the pandemic. And then we moved to New York during like the second wave of the pandemic, which was super fascinating <laughs> to live in New York City during like one of the waves, oh <laughs> the Omicron wave. <laughs> that, that's nice. when I got COVID was that the whole, like the whole city got Omicron. Um, and then, and then we moved upstate. Yeah. So we've been moving around a decent amount the last few years, which has made the, um, adoption process a little more complicated, but they worked and we were moving places where the agency was still licensed. So that wasn't a problem, which was good. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, so it was uh, nine or 10 months until, and like we had, they like, so you get shown for things and you don't necessarily get shown, like told when you get shown most of the time, like if it's just a routine thing. Um, but then if there's an emergency placement, you get an email and it's like, Hey, how do you feel about this? Do you want to be shown for this? And then you can oh, say yes or no. Okay. Um, and so this was one of the emergency placements and we said yes to almost every, I think we only said no to one emergency placement. Like we were saying yes to pretty much everything. Um, and this was an emergency placement that we got an email about and we said, and they give a deadline of when you have to say yes, bye. Mm -hmm. Um, so we said yes. And then we got an email, which we'd never gotten before which was like, hey, the birth mom's narrowing it down. Are you still just making sure you're still interested, which we had never oh, gotten before. Wow. And we were like, oh. okay. <laughs> so um, so we said, yes. And then meanwhile, we're like, oh, shoot, what are we doing this weekend? <laughs> and I'm like, What if we get this phone call? And then literally the next day we got the phone call and they were like, you need to come down to Pennsylvania and like, so did you have like a baby room set up just because at any moment's no. notice? Okay. No. I didn't know how that worked. Like, no, we, I mean, you can do that, but it just feels awkward to just have like a room set up yeah. and no kid. And like, we had had trauma from the last time where we had had a nursery set up and then the kid wasn't there. And so I, I we didn't want to like redo that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had like literally a corner in a room of like all the basic baby stuff that they have on a list that they're mm -hmm. just like, make sure to have diapers, make sure to have wipes, make sure to have something the kid can sleep in, right? Like right. <laughs> basic, basic things. Um, so we had a corner with all of that. And so literally like that, we were going to leave that night and then it was like snowing like crazy. And we were like, well, that's probably not a good idea. Uh, why don't we organize our stuff? So it was good. We had a night to like literally like go through the corner of stuff and like get everything set up to load into the car. And then we left like the book crack of dawn the next day um and stopped at uh, babies are us picked up a few onesies you know? <laughs> we had clothes already like i'd already gotten like some basic onesies and like washed them and so those were ready to go um okay we definitely didn't have enough like we had like five a set of five and that was it and i was like, and then oh, they throw up like all the time like newborns are constantly everything. Yeah. oh my god poop all yeah. over everything yeah you so newborns i mean kaya yeah. is two and she's still change clothes like twice that she's not throwing up but yeah. she's having blowouts like i've never seen before oh my god well this girl is super healthy so she eats a lot of fiber i mean i sent you the picture she's eating a whole yeah. bowl of spinach like i had a spinach salad <laughs> i love that that's yeah. awesome but i mean well, I, those... she's a vegetarian and eats like tree bark and <laughs> no no i'm a pescatarian but no sorry but yeah i was a Good vegan for four years so i was pregnant but yeah so i just that was the one thing i instilled in her like when she was young i fed mm -hmm. her all of the healthy food so she craves broccoli she'll ask me for edamame and broccoli today we we're at costco That's she's cool. like seaweed she pays seaweed. for it in the diapers hey oh, i'm right. okay with that high fiber you know whatever but <laughs> good my job is not constipated that's for sure um 
<laughs> her bowel movements are great but no um, it's funny like newborns you know they just need to be fed changed bathed and yeah. then like they sleep most of the time when they're yeah they do you don't need a lot of stuff right away right, no. yeah. right. the problem is that they eat so frequently yes. and so like that's the part where like you're never getting sleep because they eat like every hour or two hours because their stomachs are so small so that was mm-hmm. rough right. so he was born december 9th and then we got the phone call on the 11th Aww. um and then we drove down on the 12th and oh, so he's the that was like my son. Oh, oh. Yeah. my son's December seventh. His oh, his I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom's so, a Sagittarius December baby. Oh, December is right before December. Christmas. My brother's born in December too. Yeah, it's um, a good time what? of December because when their first couple of years, when they're given birthday presents, you can take them and move them to their Christmas pile, and they don't even notice. <laughs> they start to notice at like three, four, maybe. <laughs> you have to start like getting separate stuff, and then oh, that's yeah. funny. That's funny. But like, what was crazy about it was like, right? So we show up on the twelfth, and we show up at this hospital in. Pennsylvania and like we sign a bunch of paperwork and then they bring us upstairs and they sit us in a room and they're like we're gonna go get your son and you're like what so you and never they, meet the birth mother like it's no just not yet birth. we will wow. we have an we have an open adoption so we will oh, okay oh, that was, I was gonna ask yeah I'll explain yeah. that in a minute and um oh, okay. and so they literally like you know the carts that like they have the newborns on where it's like mm-hmm. a cart and then they have like the little thing that they're laying in and so like I literally just roll in this cart and there's like this little baby laying there and they're like, here you go. Here's your son. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. So crazy. Um, Yeah. So we have an open adoption. Um, So that looks different depending on the agreement between the birth parent or birth parents and the adoptive parents. So um, for us, um, the agreement is, so we do pictures and letters. Um, We do once a month for the first six months. Then we do once a year. after that. And then in addition to that, uh, the birth mom's request was three visits a year. So we're actually in the process of planning that first visit with her. Um, Yeah. So that'll be the first time we meet her because she was already discharged when we got there because it had been a couple of days. So we didn't get to meet her that round, but we will. Um, We've conversed with her. Like we use a, um, an app to converse with her and send the pictures and letters and so like we've talked to her through that a little bit Mm -hmm. um like she'll comment on pictures and like we'll have a little like thread going which is kind of fun so um I'm excited to meet her she seems really sweet and great so it'll be good and like it's super it's much healthier for the um child too because then they know they're adopted right from the start and um they they know the birth parent or birth parents depending on the situation and like um yeah so I'm excited about that I think that's gives wonderful. you guys a lot, of, a lot of choice and flexibility and how how you guys define your family going forward yep um, yep. yep how common is that actually to have that sort of openness because I, I haven't yeah. I've heard like not as not as intense as that not as frequent and whatnot but I think that's beautiful and I just haven't heard very much about that so currently in the u.s 98 percent of adoptions are open in some fashion um now keep in mind open could just be like once a year letters and pictures Mm -hmm. um some of them are not as open as ours is um but yeah and that's been a shift over the last i would say 10 or 15 years um adoption was not a healthy situation in this country for for a long time um where people were lied to about like who they're parents were and like mm-hmm. um people having like identity crises later in life and yeah. like it was just it was just not good and so this has been a shift of like trying to make adoption much healthier for everyone involved 
Um, you hear a lot about some of the, the the situations with all of this genetic testing that you can yeah. do now. Um, yeah. With like Ancestry 23Me, GEDmatch, all the law yep. enforcement stuff that's happening. Families are getting these surprises that they didn't know about now. Family yeah, secrets true. and all these things. It's, it's totally. Crazy. Yeah. And so what's really fascinating about it is he has two half siblings um, that he will hopefully meet at some point as well. Okay. Um, and then in addition to that, um, there's not a lot known about the birth father in our situation. So like, as soon as he's old enough, I want him to like spit in a tube yeah. <laughs> so we can like find out find, find that <laughs> all out. his background. Cause I'm just like super curious. We know some things, but um, not a lot. And so I would just be, I'd, I'm just very curious, um, but he's wonderful and lovely. And he smile. his smile is beautiful. And he just turned three months Adorable. old. I know he's so cute. Like people have been like, you should put him in commercials. I'm like, no, but he's cute. <laughs> so um, I can't wait to stalk him. your Instagram. <laughs> I do post a lot of pictures of him. It's true. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mostly because been... like oh, three quarters of my Instagram followers are like from lost resorts. <laughs> like, I, feel like oh. I have to be like, look what happened. <laughs> well, that's kind of what happened is, you know, I've been following you and then I saw um the news about the adoption and i remember i commented and then you messaged you know you responded to the comment and then you know here we are um, yeah, that's exactly what happened <laughs> yeah totally what happened um i think that's i think that's fantastic i sense your next um writing project is going to be adoption related hmm. um i feel okay. like there's a little like history of adoption you're talking about in our in our country yeah and stuff i feel like there's there's a there's a book or a writing project or something in there for you could be i thought about it i haven't done a lot of memoir but some a couple people have been like yo you should totally do that (laughs) and i was like maybe yeah yeah um i think that's fantastic my gosh we have been talking for (laughs) almost three hours um and so uh, this is going to be a fantastic episode. Um, I feel like there's just so much more. I could just talk to you for hours and hours and hours. And um, I would love to pick your brain about more things. There's so much um, stuff. And we definitely will have you back on um, to talk about. I want to talk about spiritual abuse. I want to talk about the Nexium stuff. Yeah, totally. Talking about wanting to do Nexium episodes forever. Oh, we totally should, especially with all of the different like documentaries that have come out around it. Like it was so weird. It was like this big boom of like Nexium documentaries at the same time. I yeah, had like a well, nightmare then, about yeah, Keith the first Ranieri. round and then the Ooh. second round uh, when the trial was happening. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what's crazy is my husband actually met Keith Raniere <gasps> and Claire Bronfman. Yeah. I, I, you should have him like just pop on to tell that story because it is the, it is so crazy. Yeah. 100%. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Like it's, it's really, totally this is what happens when you live in the area. <laughs> oh my God. Added to the list for sure. Look, like Lexi's like, like all right, I let's am, go. Yep. It doesn't matter. Do it's it. 11 PM and you know, we all, you know, you have a newborn and you have a two year old. doesn't matter. She's like, ready <laughs> it's to no go. Big deal. Let's, let's talk. Um, with, with that though, um, I just want to thank you again so much for coming on and sharing so much of your story and your vulnerability and, um, you know, what, what is truly a deeply personal experience that you were so willing to share with the world. And um, I know I am a better person for having gotten to watch and experience your journey. Um, so uh, I just want to thank you again from the bottom of my heart for coming on and sharing this with our listeners. 
and um that's all I, I got for you yes thank you yeah. you're a beautiful soul I loved seeing mm-hmm. you on the show loved your story you. and you're just amazing well thank you and I was gonna say if you feel free to add it down like if it's too long because oh we no were- we never add it we never add a content oh, okay because I was gonna say if it's too long <laughs> we like, just I figure out y'all. We just figure out how to how to put it out there. Do we put it out there two parts? Do we put it out there one gotcha. part with you know, we'll just figure that out. I never edit content. Okay. Um, but tell the people where they can find you. Um, we'll link everything down below, of course, but where can Great. people find you? Yeah. So uh, my blog is christianminimalism.com. My book is Christian Minimalism, Simple Steps for Abundant Living. You can find it pretty much wherever books are sold, especially Amazon. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Pastor Becca at Pastor Becca. Um, Twitter, I'm at Becca Ehrlich. Uh, my last name is spelled weird, but you'll link it. So it should be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no one knows how to spell my last name. It's weird in German. Um, <laughs> My, uh, uh, I have a pastor Becca Ehrlich page on Facebook. If you, anyone still uses that. Um, I never I'm know. A Gen so, Xer, that's where I live. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, like, I'm, Instagram, but... Yeah, I'm a Zennial, so I'm still on Facebook, but some, some <laughs> people are not, um, where else? And then, uh, you can find the Christian minimalism stuff. It's at Jesus minimalism on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. I'm stalking your socials now. I already found you. I'm like, what is Lexi doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Looking me up right now. (laughs) Facebook check, Instagram check. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening and tuning into what uh, Becca has to say. Please join our conversations on um, uh, Facebook, on Instagram when we post these. Um, This is also going to go on YouTube with Mm -hmm. the video. And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't have any makeup on. It's, this is just, <laughs> like, I. yeah, and I got my reading glasses, you know, just uh, three working moms trying to do it all. And this is how we do it. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention how, how you can watch the show. We probably should oh, yeah. say that. Yeah, we're going to link that too. <laughs> like, duh. <laughs> how did you, now I'm curious how you watched I watched it, I watched it on demand on my TV provider. I have Fios. Gotcha. Verizon Fios, and I was able to watch it there. Um, it said I could download the app and watch it there too. Yeah. I downloaded the TBS app. Okay. And There's other ways there. you can do it. It used to be streaming on HBO Max, but they took it off. So now it's just um, it's on Amazon Video and it's on Apple Video, but you have to like pay a slight fee to watch it on there. It's not oh. like included in their thing. So if people don't can't watch it on demand on TBS, because it's still on demand on TBS, which is like yeah. crazy to me that it's been like almost three years and it's still on there. <laughs> um my mom checks it periodically. Like she'll randomly text me and be like, it's still on demand on TBS. And we're <laughs> Thanks, watching mom. it this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um but if you don't have access to cable, um the other way is just to pay the 19 bucks or whatever and watch it on Amazon or Apple. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. And um, any do you have you heard any talk? Is there going to be? Are they going to do another one? Are they like? If they do, you need to be a healer on it. Okay, Uh, you are not the first person to tell me that. You too, Lexi. Lexi, you too. Lexi, you should leave me on it. That would be so fun. Right? And can I just go on the retreat? There you go. (laughs) Sure. As a as a person, I will say my podcast personality is not my healing presence. Oh, you can't see that. I can't see that. Sorry. What time it is? Eleven eleven. Oh, make 11, a wish. Eleven eleven. Yeah, make that's my Lexi's number. 
I love that. Yeah. So, um, so there was rumors around the fact that they were trying to make a season two and, and then it just never happened. So I don't know mm-hmm. if they're ever going to do it or not, but um, it just didn't materialize. But yeah, there's been multiple people who are like, go back on it as a healer the next round. Yes, yeah, like, for sure. 100%. Yeah. I'd, I'd be totally into that. I'd be totally because, into I mean, that. they have an alternative you know, ways of healing, but it'd be nice to have even a different face, even if they yeah. did like a Christian pastor and, you know, mm-hmm. just a rabbi or whatever. I mean, I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be really yeah. cool. Yeah. I think it'd be great. Absolutely. We Absolutely. should, we should I mean, make our own show. Forget the like, <laughs> season two. Let's do our own show. Let's do our own. <laughs> I need to get healed. Damn it. <laughs> you, can me, you can write up all the documentation i'm laying hand, i'm laying hands on the screen okay. for you <laughs> oh i need so much healing Don't you two are healers i would hardly think that anybody would call a lawyer a healing profession so no many lawyers do good things well, you do good i do i do i want to say human human rights healers yeah human and rights i mean lawyers, I, right what i do actually is i would consider it yeah category i mean not yeah yeah so i use my powers for good not evil i'll say that yes there you go i like that i have family members that are also lawyers so i i appreciate that (laughs) not that they don't use their powers for good i'm not i don't mean to imply that but it's always good to hear people in different professions using their using their work for good yes yes (laughs) um absolutely so um, with that all said, I guess um, we will call it and thank you again for joining us, Becca, and uh, we will talk to you soon. If you guys like us, please make sure um, you do the thing where you uh, like, review. follow, share, review, give us five stars, please. All do all that. the things. Do all the things. <laughs> all the things. Share us. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, broadcasters. You know, I used to find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. They were the first thing to take off when I got home. But Skims has changed all that. You guys know I love my Skims Fits Everybody t-shirt bras. I own them in just about every shade now. I wear them every single day when I leave the house. And they are completely worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I was not expecting from them was how comfortable they are. Even the underwire bras that I wear all day, I barely even notice. Definitely not the first thing I take off when I come home anymore. Y'all, I'm a 36 double D and I've had a reduction and I've gone up and down and lost weight and gained weight and all the things. And the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, I swear, fits me the best. I finally found a t-shirt bra that I can wear, but not only that, it is the best bra that I own. It holds the girls in so well. And let me just say, Hetero Life Mate really appreciates these bras too. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes from a 30A to a 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, please be sure to let them know that we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show, The Fraudcast, in the drop-down menu that follows.